on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will try to settle into their new streaming time slot because it's all about the slot. Once settled, they'll take a deep dive into the living waters of Mandalore as they break down the latest episode of The Mandalorian. They'll then put on their snow gear and mummy wraps to break down the rather tragic latest episode of The Bad Batch. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week segment and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch a Chewy. defensive line though basically like like this hey like, now everybody sorry nick <laughs> nick and i were talking saints and you know he's dropping football. down valid points but i i just realized our dumb faces have been on the screen for the past 30 seconds oh, intro's wait, we over have a show to do it's time to start you should be able to hear now sw props sir dork one six shooter dr awesome nova toymation johnny bat they're all here the regulars how you liking me on my new camera everybody look at that it's not 4k because i didn't want to wear makeup you know i don't want you to see the blemishes on my face but i i took the sir dork recommendation went going with the el gato face cam 60 that's what i'm talking about Woo! hey look who's back and look look what time it is i, I i'm not gonna lie I'm on spring break this week, so I've been playing with my pud for the past few hours, but I, I think I might be able to get into the new time for the show. I don't know. This, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as bad as I, I thought the shift would be. I'll get some of my Tuesday back to do real life. And then, uh, you know, kind of early evening, Nick and I can talk Star Wars. And then when we're done, I can just kind of roll into to nighttime with the kid and the wife. So we're here. If you're new, if you're new here... There's a good chance there are plenty of new people because we're actually doing the live stream on the East Coast at a time when most people aren't still at work. So you never know. Now it's just rush hour. They're getting their kids and all that fun stuff. But we're here. We got a new time. Nick is back. We're ready to rock. Knowing yeah, that I changed hardware, Nick, there's a good chance the stream will probably blow up. I can already It'll see it. It'll just explode. You no, know, dude, I can, I can already see it. I'm like getting clipped left and right. It's like, fuck me for trying. But hey, here we are. I finally upgraded my old Logitech and it, it at least looks better when I'm staring at the cam. Like my, my bald doesn't reflect the light as harshly, like my bald spots. Uh, and I do feel like I'm moving... A little more smoothly through your frame rates if you know what i'm talking about but hey we're here we got a new time with the new time we're going to try to keep things a little bit more on target stay on target stay on target which means i'm really going to have to govern myself it's not really a nick problem this is going to be a matt problem but i, I think a, a tighter show will work better i'm not going to promise they're all going to be nice and short because we are in the middle of mando and bad batch dual airing season so you know there, there's a lot to uh vomit up if you will these next couple weeks as we're uh, dealing with the dual wielding star wars releases every wednesday through march 
But real quick, before we get into The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch, and before I ask for my praises to be heaped upon me for predictions that have already come true, that I made eons ago, just like the songs of Mandalore. Don't worry, we'll, 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 we'll have time for that, because you know I'm going to want some of mine. I mean, I'll remind all of you how after the Book of Boba Fett episode 5, I told you, hey, Mandalorian season 3, he's going to Mandalore, he's going to the fucking waters, and the dude is going to ride a mythosaur. Hey, 75% there, right? 75% there, and we're only two episodes in. This is why people come to the Star Wars time show, besides there always being time. We are the best speculators on the planet. And we don't ask for any payments. We don't ask for tips. We don't care when people steal our content and turn our <laughs> speculations into leaks because we're too <laughs> pussy to do so ourselves. <laughs> you, know, you know, Nick, here's another example where a year ago I could have gotten a little CD with my journalism hat and be like, hey, we've got an exclusive. Din Djarin, going the Mandalore, the living waters under the mines. Mythosaur will be there. And look, we would have fucking hit it. We would have hit right on the head. But we don't do that because we're pussies. That's why. It's not like we have, we don't have integrity. We're just pussies and slightly lazy, I think so. But hey, at least the, uh, <laughs> at least the people who listen to the show know that we're always right. And that's what's important. That's right. That is right. And, and even last week in my prediction, is like, listen, you know, the, the, the mythosaur thing, it's going to happen. I, I'm still blown away. It happened as soon as it did. We'll, we'll get in there once we get into the full review of that second fantastic episode, which I'm not going to lie, Nick, this is the first time where the internet was like, listen, hey, you know, the, the pros are like, oh, episode one was kind of meandering, but episode two really blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, both episodes have been fucking fantastic, but I do see your point now where episode two really kind of fucking zoop. Okay, mission accomplished. Now the book, it is wide open the rest of the season to get in some of the nitty gritty. But as always, we'll talk about that type of shit. Let's get some. Linda's up in here. We love Linda. She's telling you to smash those likes. Do it. Wait till Trevor sees what I did for him once we get to maybe looking at some screenshots or some top fives. I do listen to feedback. When I get it, <laughs> the problem is with the Star Wars time show, we don't get any feedback because we don't have that many fans. But all right, before the Star Wars stuff, and I guess this is sort of Star Wars, uh, at least tangentially. Adjacent. That's right. Yeah. We got to support our man, Adam Driver. All right. Uh, and Nick, I know we, we talked about this movie when the trailer came out. It seemed very interesting. I'm talking about 65, a.k.a. 65 million years ago, the full title. Um. You know, a, a dude from a different planet crash lands on Earth during the time of the dinosaurs. All right. And that dude just so happens to be Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo. So on paper, fantastic, right? Laser guns, spaceships, dinosaurs. Sign me up. Okay. So I yeah. went, took my little fat ass there last week, sat in the seat, made sure to sit in the handicap row so other people didn't sit next to me and bother me with their chewing on popcorn and slurping their ices. Only my young daughter is allowed to do that now in movies. And that is begrudgingly. But anyways, so Nick, I, I, I check it out. 65 has all the potential to be an amazing sci-fi type of movie. And I have to say, while it's not a complete dud, even though it only made 12 million at the box office, 
hey, management PR, don't schedule a new IP when you have a, a, a second week of a trilogy running in Creed 3 and the debut of Scream 6. And Scream is like the, the, the Star Wars of horror movies. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. got a rabid fan base. So I'm not blaming the movie on, on it tanking. It was just that was horrible scheduling. But I will tell you, 65 for all its potential, fucking lasers, spaceships, dinosaurs, it never lives up to that potential. Okay, to me, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's. I still I still found it enjoyable. It's not like something where I was sitting there going, man, when is this going to end? It's not like that bad. But you you do realize, Nick, as you're watching this, like. If you would have edited this differently or or maybe threw in a different scene or brought in some encounters earlier, it it really would have hit harder than it does. So to me, 65 is more like a 6.5 to 7. So not a complete turd, but it's one where I'm not going to say, hey, if you miss this in theaters, you're going to miss out. But it is something that if you're sitting at home and it pops up on a streamer and you're looking for something science fiction when all you got is fucking rom-coms and real life bullshit. It's probably not going to be worth a stream, but outside of that, <laughs> I, I don't see I don't see this becoming the next Jurassic Park type of dino yeah, trilogy. I think, I think that they were definitely fishing for that. Now that Jurassic Park has kind of wrapped up its uh, its run, at least as far as we know, so we'll see. Uh, the yeah, thing that, is, that's the, kind of disappointing. The way this ends, I don't really know how they could have kept it going in in with with dinosaurs. I'll leave it at that, but. I guess there, there technically could be potential for a sequel, but only making 12 million in week one. See ya. 65. Yeah, it was a, a fun experiment. It's definitely not the same quality f- as a, a quiet place, which is, which is where some of the writers came from. Okay. So that's that in a bag of chips. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So Nick wasn't here last week when we had our, was our powwow with the uh, arrival with the Mandalorian. So real quick, buddy. How did that premiere make you feel? Did did it get you excited for the season to come where you're like, oh, this is just more bullshit? Or were you were you genuinely happy with the Mando premiere? Um, I was I was pretty happy with it. I think that there's already like a potential like bust to one of our theories that that may have just popped up from from episode one. Which one? Specifically the theory around like what the fuck happened to Navarro? Why oh, are the Mandalorians? It- yeah, we, we like, so here here's what I spun last week. Now that they focus so hardcore on those pirates and the pirates, yeah. you know, they they kind of they did the pirates wrong, especially Vane and then our boy King Gorian Shard. Yeah, yep. we we kind of turned that around. That That's probably going to be a, a retribution attack from the pirates yes. that the Mandos are actually going to come and, and help clean up. Exactly. It looks like and, and like in general, I thought that episode one was enjoyable, mostly because when Carl Weathers is on screen, the guy just pops. The guy just oozes. Cape, cape droids, right? Cape droids. Like it's it's fantastic. The cape droids, the <laughs> the way that he the has bust. essentially turned himself into like this benevolent yeah, leader of people. He's like, the fucking king, the Mar- the, the Navarro know? king. That was that was definitely my highlight for episode one is just grief being grief, I guess you could call it. You know, right. like he's no longer shackled to the head of the bounty hunters guild anymore. He's like, this is 
like the way he said it's like under my leadership navarro oh, yeah. will be an independent place where you can but you know all of this stuff and i, I thought that was fantastic um, pretty, so soon, yeah, I mean, he, I, pretty soon he's going to go look for Jar Jar to make a motion to nominate him Supreme Chancellor. Exactly. Just get just grant, get him and then grant him emergency powers. <laughs> so he will become Emperor Karga. Exactly. So, I mean, I, yeah, I was a big fan uh, of that episode. Um, the the Bad Batch episode from last week. I'm going to be honest with, with you. Don't remember it a whole it was, lot. It, uh, uh, I, it was it was. I'll tell you how you felt. You probably felt like, okay, this is way better than nine and 10, but we, we got back to Mount Tantus and we met the oh, doctor and he explained that they, that, that place is for Palpatine's special clone experiments. Yeah. So. And it was also the one that it was like their Kaiju episode, right? It was the one. Yeah. Where like, yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was yeah. a callback to the Zillow beast thread from the clone Wars. So a lot, a lot yes. of people were juiced because they finally paid off on that thread. That was like a multi-episode arc back in the clone Wars with the Zillow. So yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, both entertaining, definitely better than the previous two episodes of Bad Bash that we had before. But yeah, I mean, I thought that that both of those were good. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, these episodes, I, I do think that this uh, weekly or the last week's best batch of episodes were better than the uh, the two previous. So real, real quick like before I, you review episode two of Mando, and yeah. and I kind of put this out there last week, and now it has been revealed as real. So. Take it for what it is. But uh, you know how we've heard in the past that in Skeleton Crew, pirates are kind of going to be the impetus for the for Jude and the kids to get lost. Yeah. Pirates trying to get into the school. Jude's a teacher. Kids go to school. We I kind of put forward, and it's now been more or less confirmed from MSW and Bespin, that Vane and, and King Gorian Shard are going to be the the pirates of Skeleton Crew. So there's a good chance we, yeah. we, we got our introduction to them early in Mando, which, which you know, they, they've been telling us all along that this is kind of how things are going to play out. It is going to be MCU-like, uh, as, as we've seen throughout the first two seasons of Mando and, and Book itself. Yeah, I mean, converging storylines yeah, is kind of what they teased for us when once the Mandoverse started. So I think it's good to see that we're finally starting to get to that point of like kind of all these, these disparate yeah. pieces. And, and they were cool. Out. I mean, th- th- those pirates, I mean, Gorian with the he's growing moss on his face. Vane, you, Vane stood out as, as like, you know, kind of a main antagonist. Gorian definitely reminded me of the... Uh, the alien from Galaxy Quest, like the bad guy from Galaxy Quest, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were, were talking Pirates of the um, Caribbean, too. Yeah, the, yeah. Is that Davy Jones or one of them? Davy Jones, like, yeah. yeah David Jones. Green on his face. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think they're going to be the bad guys. But l- let's get into it, man. Uh, Mandalorian S3E2, The Minds of Mandalore. Holy shit. Like, uh, go, go ahead, Nick. Run, because I'm sure it's, it's a bit more yeah. fresh for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought this was a fantastic episode, kind of like you teased, though, before we got into it. Um, it is very surprising to see that they essentially just jumped right into yeah. this. It's the in first time two. we we've always required eight episodes for Din to complete his mission. And that's why I was yeah. so I mean, I I was pleasantly shocked and I'm happy for it because now. When we get into speculation time, my brain opens up because now I know there's a wide canvas for the next six episodes. But yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I think that the biggest thing for me from this is 
I think this episode cemented at least for me in terms of like how I would like the story to go, like, um, you know, th- that direction. And, and, and really the big impetus for that was this, this episode proved in no uncertain terms that, that Din is a child. Din is Oh, you've been validated. Somebody. You've been validated in in your Din the Bunker Boy and Din the Kool-Aid Drinker um critiques from the past. 100%. I mean, go ahead. I, I know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's not even just that. It's like it's literally Bo-Katan like when she was talking to him when he first landed or 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 like when, you know, he gets to the castle and then when she comes back like explaining to him, like, this is what children do. Like what the, the, the the journey that you've been told to go on is what we would do as children. And this was like your introduction into like Mandalorian society and like having to explain to him, like there is no magic here. Like he, he literally believes that magic is real. He's like, Oh, well, these waters are magical. Like she told me that they're magic water. And if I walk in them, then then magic will happen. And she literally had to walk him through like a child. Like there's no poison. There's no curse. There's no like what happened to the planet was it was destroyed and glassed by the empire. That's why we're not going back. We're not going back because it is a poisonous place to be. You've been told a children's tale and you've believed it your whole life. And not only through like the words, but through the actions, like you see, like he's fumbling and bumbling his way through (laughs) the, the mines and gets captured eventually, which like the capturing part of it was like, it was a trap. So I can't really blame that on like him. He got trapped and that's just how it went. But like Bo-Katan comes in there and just like walks through it. Like, like she's walking through Candyland. She's like, are you, and then, and then frees him. So to me, like, I know that everybody thinks that this is the lead up to like, Din, Din's going to ride the mythosaur. Din's going to be the one to blah, 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 blah. What this has proven to me, especially in the conversations that Din had with Grogu when he was in the ship, when he was saying like, it's important for a Mandalorian to know the star map. It's important for a Mandalorian to know how to navigate the galaxy because that's, how, that's what he was taught as a Mandalorian. That's like the the Mandalorian life that he raised in was one of nomadic being, whereas the life that Bo-Katan wants for Mandalore Mandalorians wouldn't require you to do that. You don't need to know the star map. You want to know why? Because we are living together again on our home planet, rebuilding our society and building our strength up again. So to me, this episode was proof point positive that it should be uh, Bo-Katan who is the one holding this mantle properly this time. Um, you know, it should be her that is riding the mythosaur, not Din. It should be her that is holding the dark saber or doing whatever they do with it. Not Din because Din's desire is not to lead. Like Din's desire isn't to, you know, bring back a Mandalorian way. Could you argue that without Din, Bo doesn't realize her true potential. I mean, Bo herself has now seen the mythosaur. So even now she has to start believing in some of the legends. And she was very anti that shit. Like you said, like, Oh yeah, that's, that's for kids. You're an idiot. I came here as a big show for the commoner dopes for us Royals to do it. 
So could you argue that, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Bo-Katan is much more functional as a Mandalorian than Din Djarin. Like, it's not even close. Uh, I mean, I I had it as a ha moment. It just said Bo untouched in her fights. She literally, and I'm glad they they let Din fight the same people that Bo did outside of the, the spider bot. But if you compare Din versus the Alamites and Bo versus the Alamites... It's it's like a close. noob going in and then a master. It wasn't even close. Like they they were kicking the shit out of him. He's still wheeling the the, the dark saber like it's a broadsword from the you know the eleven hundreds, uh, and she literally was untouched in all of her fights. Looked graceful. Yeah. It looked like she wasn't even trying. So I'm with you, but I I still think them together. It's like Din plus Bo equals the new Mandalore. I disagree because. I don't think that they should end up together. I don't think that Bo I'm not saying wants- like I'm not saying they're they're like going to have sex and babies, but I, I think oh, no, yeah. I think Din's openness to to uh, mythology with Bo's just everything Bo. Yeah, they they I- are the best of both factions at this point, the Kool-Aids and the standards. And together I, I get- they, they make a functional Mandalorian, not apart. I go back to like the kid thing because that's what kids do to their parents. Like kids, like when you take your kid somewhere where you've been a thousand times, but it's the first time that they walk in, you get to relive that experience through the eyes of a child again. And that's kind of what's happening right now with Bo and, and, and Din is that like, Bo is like, yeah, I've been here. I've, I know the, the kids stories and stuff like that, but like, Going through and then like, you know, obviously seeing the mythosaur and then like reliving like those child experiences that that she had through Din. I think that's where the value is coming from. Like she is looking at things through a very jaded lens right now because she has to. She has no other way of looking at it from her experience. And yeah, from yeah. Her history. I'm saying more. He is going to reawaken her, which has already happened to the Mandalorian mythology. She was very anti. That's all. That's all bullshit. All bullshit. And now herself has seen the beast re-risen. So yeah. I do think that is going to change her tune a bit. In fact, when we get Definitely. into predict in episode three, I think we already get to those scenes where where Bo and Din are back at the cave with the armor, and that's the fucking meat that has me super excited to see. Now that Bo has has kind of seen the light, if you will, in terms of all right. The children and their stories may not be so wacky, at least the legends to the stories. I still think they're, they're wacky in the way they choose to live today to the creed. But I think Bo will be slightly changed after episode two and may be a bit more open to not hardcore creed, but maybe I should pay a bit more attention to the stories from Eon's past. Maybe yeah. now that I've seen the mythosaur, you know, maybe those crazy motherfuckers aren't so crazy. And I think that yes. that's going to, that's going to start the, the painful healing, if you will, between the children and the, the Bo-Katans of the Mandalorian factions. Yeah. I, one thing I don't want to see happen is them to lend to, or the writers to lend too much credence to, the children of the watch because then that's like that's actually hurting the narrative of the mandalorian people too much ideally in 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 an ideal world what would happen is you have the uniting of the factions again between the children of the watch and then the standard mandalorians that are out there in the galaxy bo becomes the leader and then din goes off 
and continues his adventures out in the galaxy because he does not like Din doesn't want to sit on a planet and, and like rule. And I think that that would be bad for him, for his character because what, what growth is he going to experience or what, what can he gain from sitting in a throne room and, and like pretending to be a leader of a people yeah, that I, he really had I no idea. Yeah, about. He, I'm with you. I, I don't think he, he wants to be leader or even a reluctant leader, but his little, his little, uh, what do you, what would you call him at the squire there? His he, charge. Yeah. His, he, yeah. He, he could be the, the next leader, the next, the next, uh, force to pull these people together. I mean, that the more the Mandalorians get to know him and, and Rick himself has said, like, listen, in this season, the purity of Grogu will change people again. And it, it may have already happened with the, the little mission he went on with Bo-Katan. So, uh, but I, yeah, I don't see Din as a leader either, but he's so hardcore Mandalorian culture and whatnot. I think he will dedicate himself to that cause to get the planet back, to get everyone talking together again. And then, yeah, he'll, go, I mean, then, he'll, then he'll go back out. But by then yeah. it's probably going to be the end of the show. So I, I think we see Din... Dealing with his Mandalorian uh, culture for for quite some time. Oh, what do we got here? I made a one six shooter. I'd ship Din and Bo, but we all know how long his ships last. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think that like the Din and Bo relationship to me just doesn't make any sense. It would be such a forced narrative decision because those two, well, one like I think that Din is. Din doesn't have the maturity to like have a relationship with somebody. That's just how some adults are. And I don't think that yeah, like he, he prefers helmet on sex where Bo Katan yeah. prefers no armor sex. Yeah. And that that's just and not like going to fly. His lifestyle as he enjoys it is a nomadic one. He enjoys having a nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and then Bo is just way too focused on like, rebuilding culture, rebuilding the the planet of Mandalore and reuniting those people. I don't like, and the thing is, is like Din doesn't give a shit about reuniting Mandalore. All he gives a shit about is like making sure that his mom thinks that he did the right thing. So like, you know, like yeah, their, their, their I, I, purposes are so cross. That's what's going to be interesting. And that's why this episode was so huge because literally Din's mission is over. He is redeemed now. And the cherry on top, they saw a fucking mythosaur. You take that back to the the Bible thumpers, the armorer, they're going to be like, oh, oh, you know, they're going to start doing like all that crazy shit, like wailing wall stuff. Like, oh, I mean, that that is that would be like Christ rising right now. And, and Catholics, <laughs> their, their, their collective and Christians, their, their fucking heads would explode. That's what I'm envisioning. So uh, I, I, I think Din is interested in. Yes, he, he got his. He's part of Mandalorians. But if the armor is like. Okay, we can go back to Mandalore. Din's going back to Mandalore, and we'll do whatever the fucking armorer in, in her faction wants. I mean, the yeah, only exactly. reason he's like, been bouncing around the galaxy is because they're Mandalorians, and if they get caught, they get waxed. But yeah. well, I also, think he, he like, wants she to told be there. Him to. Right. Like, she, he, he she, wants to be there. He, he, he does whatever she tells him to do. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. what I mean. And, and if, like, if she's like, hey, we're going back, and, and you're the fucking janitor, he'll be like, sweet. Yeah. Sign but me up. But also, like, I... I think it's time for him to start deciding what he wants to do on his own. Like right. he, he's yeah. never lived the life of independence. So, where he can so hear me out. I think that's why that's where him and Bo help each other. I think Bo helps him 
kind of free himself of the the control of the creed. And I think he rekindles, for the lack of a better term, the the magic of being a Mandalorian and the magic behind their culture to Bo. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like they're sure. they 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 truly are a yin and a yang. And and I don't I don't really want them to get romantic, but I do want them to stay as this duo we see right now because I dig it. I like these two together. I like them with Grogu. It's a nice little dynamic. Uh, I don't want to call it a family, but I, I dig the dynamic between these three because when they have their conversations, we get all sorts of fucking lore dumps that a geek like me loves. Like listen to to, to Bo talk to Din as they're walking through the the blown out sectors of of Sundari, which we've seen in the Clone Wars before it was blown up. That I I mean that's Star Wars for me. I love that shit. And then hearing him talk about his his childlike wonders of the of the songs of Mandalore and stuff to her again that that, that just scratches those those lore itches. So I would not be upset if Bo and Din stay together throughout the remaining six episodes, just as as traveling companions. Yeah, yeah. For the rest of this uh, season, I could definitely see them kind of like sticking by. Uh, like each other's side because you have, like you said, like they're, they're kind of counterbalancing in yeah, the long term. I definitely don't want to see him stay on Mandalore. I think that that would be a waste of that character. Well, um, yeah, it would be like, it would be like trying to keep Han Solo in, in the resistance. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason him and Leia, their shit fell apart because he's Han fucking Solo. And even though yeah. he had a kid and a family and his love, he could not take himself from that scoundrel life. Yeah, exactly. Like he like Din mm. finds his I mean, at least as far as we've seen so far, like he finds his joy in the galaxy. And that's kind of like what he was imparting to Grogu in the ship. Like, right. this is how you navigate places. This is how like essentially like telling him like this is how we live our life. And this is what I enjoy doing. It's almost like a dad teaching a kid how to like work 100%. on a car. And, and look, it worked. Um, you know. I mean, he 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 used his word, and I'm saying I, I we'll get into it. I don't know if Nick feels like Grogu has earned himself something after episode two. I do, even though he's not speaking. But Grogu did did some things we haven't seen him do. But he 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 is using a word, and it did pop up in season two. But the word "badoo," "badoo." Is, is a Grogu word. He said it multiple times now. When when uh, Din was like, "Yeah, that's a uh, uh, Kalavala or whatever," and he's like, "badoo." And when he gets in there with R5, he points and goes, Bleh. so he's talking, motherfuckers. He's talking. Another prediction. Correct. <laughs> I'm sure Nick Nick will, will disagree, but I, I do think Grogu, and we'll, we'll talk about during our top moments. I, I think he, he earned himself a little street cred for those that were in the Grogu better fucking do something besides be a puppet um, group. So we'll see what Nick says, but... Uh, I guess to kind of round out the review portion of this deep dive into the Mandalorian, the minds of Mandalore, uh, from from my perspective, I agree with a lot of stuff Nick was saying. Um, I, I like the Bow and Din dynamic a, a, a bit more, but I, I yeah, I don't see Din being a benevolent leader. I do think, as, as B's Mobile Auto Detailing Bay County is saying here in our live stream chat, which, by the way, if you want to join these days, 5P East, YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. That um, they're they're asking how pivotal is Grogu's role is. It, it, Grogu is the fulcrum. Like he he is going to be the pivot point. I can promise yeah. you. Okay, he I I still I still see him becoming the next 
Tarvisla type, uh, a, 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 a force user that also knows the Mandalorian culture and believes in the creed. I just, that's where I'm going. I know he's a little baby that's like, blah, 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 blah. that's what I'm sticking with. So I, I do think Grogu is super pivotal. But back to the episode, I, I just love that they, they, they fucking took the scab of the mission and ripped it right off. All right. That yeah. it's done. And like I said, we now know over the next six episodes, we don't have to worry about the fucking mission to Mandalore to bathe themselves. Uh, not that I thought that was a shitty mission. It was actually fucking great. We got live action Mandalore, the, the, the Alamites seeing the city. It was it was a fantastic episode. But now that that's out of the way, Nick, like we've been saying. We can get right into the Mandalorian reconciliation, which is probably going to lead to some imperial entanglements, which is going to yep. lead to them hopefully banding together and fighting back against the Empire, which also opens up avenue to get into the, the Pershing and the New Republic storylines now. That's getting Din's mission out of the way opens up this season so much to big narrative uh, like 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 tent poles. Okay, yeah. we're gonna we we're gonna have the, the the Mando v Mando stuff, which is probably gonna kick in the gear tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, we get the reconciliation. Hopefully, and then we should get some of the Pershing on Coruscant and, and Captain Tiva stuff. What's going on in the galaxy at large with the Empire and the weird stuff they've been hearing? The cloning, the cloning on Navarro type of shit. Uh, so that I was just I was kind of blown away that. For the first time in the Mandalorian, they just got right to it. Fuck, yeah, draw, no, I, fuck, I, drawing out the mission. Fuck, going to all these planets and doing fetch quests. You know, when I, I knew he was going to Tatooine, I was like, okay, fine, we'll get to see Pelly. But fuck, another Tatooine episode. Perfect. He just shows up, yeah. asks some questions, picks up a droid, get the fuck out of there. Pelly, as always, steals the show. So we get her, we get that crack, and then he's literally, hey, I'm on Mandalore. Hey, there's a droid. I'm caught. Go save me. There's a mythosaur. I mean, come on. I was expecting this shit to be late season type of deals. Uh, to yeah. get it now, I, I, I love that. It, but mostly for the fact that the episode now is wide open to really dive into the nitty gritty of Mandalorian culture. The, the civil war that, that kind of uh, not it wasn't necessarily the, the last civil war. They had tons of civil wars. But the one that truly split them seems to be. The Children of the Watch versus not Children of the Watch. Um, so I, I think oh. now we have a ton of time to explore that stuff. And real quick, when you weren't here last week, I finally was like, you know what, dude? I don't, we, we keep trying to make mountains out of molehills with the Children of the Watch. We should just literally take it for what it is. They are children of Death Watch. So yeah. instead of armor <laughs> and, and we, well, fuck, Paz is literally a relative of the Vizlas who started Death Watch. So instead of like, you know, trying to twist our brains in the knots, like what if it's Rook, Rook casts and this and that, the armor could very well be the, the kid of Rook casts and Gar Saxon, something like that. The, the armor could be a fucking Saxon. The armor could be a cast. It just might not be Rook. So that's, I, I now think we're going to get those answers because Din's mission is done. He is redeemed, but even bigger than being redeemed, Nick, is that fucking dinosaur that was in the water. That is going to, it, it's going to force everyone's hand. The, the crazy people that believe in that shit, because I, I wrote down the quote, 
that she gave Din in, in the Book of Boba Fett. The songs of Ian Pass foretold of the Mistletoe rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. Sadly, it only exists in Legends. When he comes back with that report, like I said, that, that would be no different than a Christian running into a cave and saying, He has risen! What do you think those, those religious Mandalorian fanatics are going to do? They're either probably not going to believe him, or B, they're going to be like, let's fucking go. Like, let's yeah. get in our beat down ships and let's fucking go. And that's got me excited. I, I, I need to learn more about these goddamn Mandalorians and, and the children of the watch and, and where they came from so I can just resolve the conflict of my head in Bo-Katan always blaming them for fucking everything up when she helped start the Death Watch. Yeah. So has Bo... Since the man, I can't remember. Since the Mandalorian has started, has Bo met the armor yet? I don't know. Right? No, she hasn't. No, that that's why it. That, here's ah, fuck it. We'll we'll do our season or our episode three predictions later. But no, we they have not been in the same room. Din has only told her that I worked with yeah. Bo Katan. Yeah, she's gonna walk in that room and be like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Like that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> she's gonna like. She, She's going to end up wherever fucking they go, like whatever planet they're on. Dan's going to take her to see the armor for like proof point. Like I did it because he could like, he needs somebody to, to, to essentially back up his story. Yeah. Because the, the armor is not going to like, if he walks in by himself, be like, yeah, I stepped in the waters. Fantastic. Well, remember like, in, in episode one, Nick, he specifically says, I will go there and I will bring, bring proof that I bathe. Yeah. In a, I mean, is that proof Grogu's little bin has a fucking GoPro on it? I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but like, it's like he's going to bring Bo back and Bo's going to see this woman and be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Like, like, like she knows her. Yeah. Yeah. Almost well, guaranteed. I, I've, we. I've heard, I, I've seen some people like, could this be, could the armor be another Kreese? Could she be another, you know, family member that we never knew about that Dave was hiding? I was going to say, that would be somebody that we, that we're not familiar with right. yet. I mean, could, she specifically I mean, said her dad died protecting Mandalore, but there are people running with, well, what if Christopher Lloyd is her dad? And we, we realized that the armor was another sister she never knew about and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know about all that, but... Um, yeah. the other one, I, I, bat two, seven, nine, seven, bring it up here. He's seeing people saying it's Sabine's mom, Ursa Ren. That, that would be a hard buy for me or a hard yeah, pass like, on my part. Cause Ursa was working with the night owls thank you. during the siege of Mandalore. Correct. Like she, she was working with, and, like, and she was working against those forces. Ursa Ren is either as old or older than Bo-Katan. So I don't think she would classify as a children of the watch. I, I really am. I, yeah. I could be a fucking fool here, but usually in star Wars, if they say they're something, they, they are that like if you're yeah. children of the watch and, and, and it also makes sense when you think about Bo and how much disdain she has for the children, even though she started death, but she realized it was bad, got out. So she probably looks at the fuckers that stayed in the children of the watch as truly the people that destroyed everything because they yeah. they the, the the leftover watch members that didn't break out after Maul took over yeah those to me would be their children would be the children of the watch yeah it's also it's one of those things where it's like yes I definitely like and and she acknowledges like the follies of her past I think that what the issue is is that like she can look back at it and say like I made a mistake here this is a problem and I'm I want to remedy this whereas. 
um, you know, the people who are still like talking about this and still like pushing this narrative is really what she's angry at because she's like, look, I've tried to distance myself from this and I've tried to tell people that like, this is a problem. Like, you know, like this, this line of thinking and this way of living is a problem for our people. And you're still out there pushing this, indoctrinating people into this way of life that like, you don't really have a full understanding of, and you don't really understand how the namesake of your group essentially destroyed Mandalore. Like you, you don't know what those people have done, me included, to the culture of our people. Well, you're right, Nick. I mean, she even says to Din as much to him, like, listen, I just want us to stop fucking fighting each other. Like, as they're walking to the mine, I forget what they're talking about. She's like, dude, I just want Mandalorians to fucking get over it. Yeah. And, and I do think their their journey together and the discovery is going to help. But it, it, it it's not going to be like, oh, yay, the myth source back. We all love each other now. The, the, oh, no. There's still going to be problems between Bo and... And, and the children of the watch and, and oh, yeah. Din. Din, Din is going to get, yeah, remember Nick, this guy comes in and saves these cocksuckers during their ceremony, saves Paz's son, Ragnar, and they don't even look at him. They don't even acknowledge him. He walks in, the armorer only turns around because he's like, Hey, hello, you. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, yeah. if I didn't show up, you guys would have all gotten eaten by a space crocodile. So first shut the fuck up and listen to me. I'm Din Dijarn, bitch. Yeah. I think what we're going to end up seeing is like this, there, it could go two ways. Like once they find out about the mythosaur, it could either be a point of uniting the, them again. Like, oh, we like now this is the moment that our people have to, to come together. And I think that that's, that may be the, the tack that, that Bo takes. But I think the armor is going to be like, we have to beat her there. We have to get yeah, there. That, that's what we I mean. We have to claim this for our okay, own. Okay, I like that. And, so, so, yeah. so you're thinking the armor is going to be like, well, fuck. Bo saw the mythosaur. Now, now she really is starting to hit the legends. We got we, we to gotta nip this in the bud. Okay. Yeah. I think that like because, because we're assuming that the armor, one, knows who Bo-Katan is, and two wants to essentially institute creed law across all of Mandalorian culture. She's not going to like look at Bo-Katan coming in here and being like the mythosaur's back. I've seen it as a moment to be like, let us reunite yeah, and I, join I, forces. Right. That's the, the, what I mean. The, it's going to uh, be contentious uh, as fuck. Even yeah. though, even though, like I said, they're coming in saying, Hey, we've seen Christ rise. You're right. I, 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 I do think they, they still have an agenda of, yeah, we want to reclaim Mandalore, but only the way we in our way. Yeah, they're 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 like the fucking the the MAGA wing of of Mandalorians, right? The the children Pretty of the much. watch. Yeah, a little little. Yeah, I uh, mean, like they they want they want Mandalorians back, but only if it's their way. Not you know, let's let's reunite, let's rebuild the culture, and right. then. You know, go from there. It's like, no, we want to reinstitute. Yeah, if, if, our you, if you want to live here and be a Mandalorian, you have to adhere to the creed, and none of us are taking our fucking helmets off ever again and shit like that. Yeah. So, all right. I, I mean, I can't wait for tomorrow. I mean, I got the day off, so hopefully I'll, I'll sleep at least till 6 a.m. and then piss off a piss away a day off, but at least I won't have the pressure of work and all the other shit. Uh, but I am, I am down because I'm just. 
my brain is in overdrive wondering where we go now that this main mission is done. And that's why I love that second episode so much. It's like, all right, Din's mission, fuck off. Now everyone is bitching about him getting two or three episodes in Book of Boba Fett. See what that allowed to happen? We didn't have to fucking waste four or five episodes to, to, get, to have him take his little communion bath. We're here. It's over. We, we can get right into the, the, the thick of the Mandalorian bullshit, which just has me juiced. Um, all right, let, let's um, let's pay some love to the streamers in here. They're they're fixated on something that I've seen people uh, talk about. So I want to get your thought here, Nick. So they're they're in here. One six shooter, Nova, Bees Mobile, Kill Cutter. They're all like, man, Din really sunk fast. Did he get pulled down or what? And, you know, you just. He didn't have his jetpack. He didn't have his cape and he went down like a, like a lead weight. So yeah, he more than yeah. likely got tugged by the guy, even though it doesn't physically look like that could happen based on the full scene. But the fact that I mean, he, Nick, I mean, he hit rock bottom in like two seconds. It took Bo-Katan yeah. with a fucking jetpack to scuba down to him multiple seconds. So, I mean, that dude was like, whoop, right to the bottom. Yeah. It's interesting because one thing that they did show us in the very beginning, like when he blasts away the space crocodile, is that like that armor is heavy. And if you're if you're like underwater, even if it's a small amount of water and you don't have access to your jetpack, you're just stuck there. It's like wearing heavy plate armor. Like from like if you've ever seen uh like a a, a movie that's based in like uh, you know, the times of the Crusades or something like that, where like people are fighting with heavy plate armor. If you fall in water, you're fucking dead. Like, sorry, yeah, weren't, weren't, you can't weren't, get out. weren't knights like their armor sets like 80 pounds almost? Yeah, they like were that. massively <laughs> overweighted. <laughs> like, were some were tanks, even heavier man. than that. Yeah, it's like you you have that plus you're wearing your, your like your weapons. So like, it's possible that like. He he really did just like step out and not know well, that that, that would was... fill into your narrative that he really is just a big fucking bozo who also has no physical skills. <laughs> he's because like, the thing he, like, he, the he thing hit that is, broken is like, step and he's like, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, it is crazy that he got down there that fast, but also like he's wearing a full steel armor set. Yeah, I don't. And I, like, I'm, I'm agreeing with 1-6. I don't think Beskar is supposed to weigh as much as steel. Like, I, we'd probably have to look up the Star Wars science. But yeah. even, even still, let's say the weight, the, the armor did give him some weight. He's still not sinking that quick without something yeah. helping him because he was far down and she needed, like I said, her jet pack yeah, to she, zip she down she there. He's flat down. on his back like, <laughs> I mean, then this whole episode, it was like, this episode just, should have just been uh, S3E2, the one where Din gets his ass kicked the entire time, because that, that's pretty constantly. much what happened, yeah. nonstop. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is like, we already know that there are other creatures in the caves, we've seen them, like, there's no way the Mythosaur pulled him down, because if it would have grasped him like that, it would crush his entire body, like... It was. It could have been another creature in the water. Like, yeah, I think them. it's just going to be one of those things where you know we're all going to debate, and it doesn't really. In the end, it, 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 it's it, not it going to matter. No but fucking. I, if anything, I, I, this is. I will go out there and I'll, I'll agree with some people. It, it is. It was odd that he was just like, yeah, Whoop! that he just. And within a second, yeah. he's on the bottom, and then Bo Katan needs like thirty seconds to get down with a jetpack. So, if that's what we're going for, it looked fucked up. I, I'll agree, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. It, it, it doesn't yeah, matter. It's for, just, it's, it's anything. another thing of like, it's just another thing to show like Din 
is like he just doesn't know what he doesn't know and like you know, yeah. you need, well, he well, needs clearly somebody he doesn't like, know how to swim. So yeah, <laughs> fucking learn it's that. Like he now needs too. somebody like uh Bo-Katan there to like save him. Yeah. His mom. A lot of times. Yeah. She is the best. I mean, fucking Bo. I'm glad they made her like they gave Katie a better wig this season too. Cause if you, if you compare like Bo's wig from, from season two to now, it's like, how did that even get out onto the set? Like how are like, yeah, yeah let's just, Fucking give her that huge forehead and, and like a bob weave in the back. That'll look good. That's 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 one way to make a very good looking lady not look as good looking as she can. Ha! <sighs> All right, good stuff. So um, yeah, the episode kicked ass. Let's go through talk some top moments here. Let me. Tr- I'm gonna try the new thing that Trevor suggested. You ready for this, Trevor? See, you, you guys think I don't listen to you people? Watch this. Scene change. Get ready. Scene change. Full screen. Pelimoto in the house. Our little faces up in the corner. How's that? Get some. <laughs> All right. So first top moment here, my friend. If 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 Pelimoto is in an episode of Star Wars, she's always going to make the top moment list for me. And that was no different with the arrival of Peli in S3E2. My God, is she fantastic? I mean, what is there not to say about her? She's she's the fastest talking, deal making motherfucker on Tatooine. You had to love her speeder scam that she runs on Boonta Eve with her Jawa pals. I mean, come on. The fact that she kept her tooth out from where it popped out in Book of Boba Fett, a, a choice that Amy Sedaris made herself. Uh, in the moment and just spit a tic-tac out. I mean, that I don't know. I just, I love this lady. I love how much she loves Grogu. I love how much Grogu loves her. All that sappy, corny shit with Grogu just makes me smile. And Peli amps that up by a factor of a thousand. Awesome. I always love seeing her. I think that like this, like the way that they use her in this episode was like the perfect way to do it. Like we don't need huge chunks like chunks of time with Pelly. we just need like those little snippets and that that does kind of just like make an episode a lot of the time so yeah that's a good point bat bat brings up that the mayor's uh what was his name major domo wasn't there remember the the twi'lek and green weren't he and Pelly kind of talking with each other and book a boba a little bit i can't remember but i think they did i think so but like Pelly also like moves through people like she dated Jawas, she's dated fucking. Did you a did ton you pick people. up on the fact, and, and I want to see if you did, that you know when Din first gets there, she's like, oh hey, so what do you hear? You, you here to take out Boba Fett? Like she's already <laughs> she's already yeah. trying to get Boba Fett taken out, and you have to wonder like over the, the the two years since that series ended, you know, has he like gotten more strict around Tatooine, and that's fucking with her scams. So I thought it was kind of funny that she she's trying to prod Din to go after one of his buddies. Like, hey, are the Hutt's yeah. back? You're going to take out Boba Fett? It's like, ah, I love that lady. Fucking love her. And and if that's the only time we get her, she she killed it. So, yeah. The return of Pally makes the list. All right. And, and here's the moment I want to get Nick's thoughts on here. But Grogu to the rescue. All right. And and here's why it was big to me. And I, and I love the way they started it. Because what did they do, Nick? What were they going to what were they going to have him do? The fucking hand trick, which lame. We've seen him do it in season one, season two, the book of Boba Fett. We've seen him save Din multiple times with the hand trick. Okay. 
So as he's going up to that that fucking spider bot's crazy uh, torture device to drain Din, he busts out the hand trick. But no, they weren't going to go down that familiar trope. They were going to make Grogu actually do something on his own. And I yeah. fucking loved it, my friend. I, I I don't know if this is what you're looking for. I'll, we'll, we'll get there once I'm done hammering out my hot air. But I loved him, you know, running, jumping into his pod, zipping out. I loved how he got scared when the Alamite came in. But you'd see him thinking, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. This is for dad. So he stands up, throws his ass out there, flips into the N1, points at uh, Kalavala for R5. They take off. Lands on the planet. Bo's ready to fucking shoot Din in the face because he's an idiot and doesn't get the message. But then it's Grogu. And she's like, oh, shit. Where is he? Take me to him. And lo and behold, Grogu, through the um, training of his dad, you know, hey, there's Kalavala. That, that, that was on purpose, all right? Was able to navigate himself through the galaxy to find Bo, to bring her back, to save his dad. So I, I really do feel like we saw Grogu growth. What say you? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that this was a good way early in the season to like start to give him his own agency and allow him to like to show and to prove to people that he's not just like, a, you know, like attached to the hip for Dan, like he can do things on his own. He's grown into a way that like even like Bo remarked like, oh, if you can get if you're able to get to me, like clearly you're pretty good with the force. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, too. Yeah. So like. It, it's it's definitely good character growth that I'm glad that they put into the beginning of the season because now I think what's going to happen is like you'll see more of that throughout the season. You'll see more of him like being able to do things on his own, not relying on other people to like shepherd him along and, and, and kind of protect him as they're going about their business. Uh, so I am glad that they that they put a scene like this in early on because now it sets an expectation of the rest of the season that we'll see more growth like this throughout. So, uh, yeah, a big, big fan of, of how that went. Well, down. you know what, Nick, that makes my heart happy because I was half expecting you to be like, nope, until the motherfucker starts spitting out words, I hate his guts and want to see him die. So I'm glad <laughs> that you're at least halfway there on Team Grogu because I'm fully I'm on Team there. Grogu. I'm going to get the motherfucker tattooed on my face. That's how much I love him. And I love him even more <laughs> now that he's doing his thing. And, and you know what? What Nick said is true. He he now has a, a new uh, level, as you will. He's he's leveled up. So we, we should expect more out of him. But I, I don't know if I'm so concerned about him using words now. Like if if, if this is what he does and, and he just is kind of like a Chewbacca or a droid. OK. And, and yeah. I think Nick was like, as long as it's not cuckoo caca and, 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 and Din is kind of being the voice of Grogu or Bo's being the voice of Grogu, then so be it if he doesn't speak words. And I, uh, the little guy definitely had some championship style growth in episode two. And I loved it. I mean, just what a fucking hero. I mean, definitely what a Mac daddy, he, even, even when Din was locked up, he didn't even hesitate to, to hop his little ass over there to try to help him out. You got to love the guy. All yeah. right. Next top moment in this fantastic episode is, and we talked about a little bit, but now we can kind of go into it a bit deeper. And that's just, just Bo's save and her skill with that fucking dark saber. My God, like I said, I wrote this in my Ha section this week. She goes untouched, untouched in, in both of her battles with the Alamites and then with wherever the fuck this thing is. And I do want to riff on this thing a little bit, Nick, but 
I just and as you as you perfectly eloquated, I mean, she came in, kicked ass, took names and, and made Din look like a complete noob. I mean, Din still as fucking cool as we've seen him do shit. Like, don't get me wrong. Din's a badass, too. He's cool, but he's not even close to what Bo-Katan could do. I mean, without yeah. the dark saber, she handled those Alamites like they were like they were literally things that shouldn't be living in Sundari, just like she said. They're fucking beasts. And then once she got the dark saber, th- th- this fucking what I'm calling it is the the progeny of a human eye, a Dianoga, <laughs> and General Grievous. Like if those three things yeah. had sex, that is what would come out. That was in the that, cage. I mean. Yeah. The first thing I thought I was like, oh, this is like baby Grievous or something like that. And it was like it was like I like I said before, it's it's proof that like the Mandalorian people aren't going to unite under somebody like Din, who's like who 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 can't hold his own, who can't like literally a quest given to him by his, you know, cult leader he failed like he technically he failed. failed it if it weren't for Grogu, like, he's done in bow yeah he's he's toast all of his blood is drained and he's a husk of a person sitting in a in in armor under the 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 fucking ground of mandalore like the the mandalorian people regardless of what their their future is need somebody of strength and of conviction to lead them and din is neither of those things Din's conviction is what he's been told. His he's conviction a follower. Is. You're right. You, I mean, he yeah. is 100% a follower that, that you are not wrong. You are not. Yeah. Wrong. So like it was, it was amazing to see that because it's like, it was almost like she did have a bit of worry about him, but then there was a point that kind of sat in where you saw it was just like, yeah, I had to save you again. Like, you know, <laughs> so how, how many more times is well, yeah, going to happen? It's, it's two. I mean, it was two saves in this episode. That, that yeah. he owes her now. I mean, he already said he essentially owes her a life debt after the the spider bot save. And now, I mean, what, what, like, double ever, life debt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like with, with, with a side ahead or something. I mean, he, he yeah, owes her like, big time for, for yeah, jumping down there. But yeah, you never know. I mean, Bo, yeah. Bo could use that mythosaur situation to her advantage. You never know. I mean, she definitely I do think she's calculating. But again, back to her skills, especially with the dark saber, like, holy shit. She she has no hang up with the dark saber. Clearly, she's not fighting against it. Like Din still is. Like this dickhead still can't wield the dark saber. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because I brought it up last time when we talked about the weight of the saber, and we've not really seen anybody else struggle like he has. I think now what it is is like when and it goes back to cult mentality. When somebody tells you something your entire life. Like when some, when you've been taught over and over again, it's been pounded into your head over and over again that like you can't do this <laughs> unless you meet this condition. Like, I think what I think what it is, it's a mental block. Like, like he's been told so many times that like you aren't worthy to do this. You can't yeah. do this. You can't wield this. It's not a physical thing. It's it's the armor in his head telling him that he's not worthy and that he can't do it. I, I don't I, I mean, I think you're on to something because. Really, and I remember when we, when you first or we talked about him with the heavy dark saber. You were ready to light him on fire, and you know people pointed out in Rebels, Sabine also had to have Kanan teach her how to wield it because she was fighting against it. But yeah, you, I, I think that you're, you're on to something, uh, and and I'm someone that I 
I think I've completely fucked up my own health at, at point in time because of how I think. Like, I, I really think sometimes I can make myself feel like the way I think I feel, even though I don't feel that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. But boy, I mean, she that's as gracefully as I've seen that thing wielded. It, it does look like it belongs to her. It looks very natural on her. The way she takes down that spider bot, like I said, untouched. I mean, she's, yeah. you know, dodge, dodge, parry, slide under it, slice it in half, stab it in its eye for good measure. I mean, it was it was awesome to see. All right. So real quick, if, if you'll uh, indulge me, Nick. What the fuck was that thing? Was that something the Empire left behind? Because it, it clearly was built to to control Mandalorians in their armor. Or was it something that just that, that someone else built who's been living under there that, that we haven't met yet and we we returned to this? Or was it just a one-off cool fucking looking Star Wars monster? Yeah, it's such a hard thing to try to, to parse here. I mean, to me, it's a it's a singular eye that has consciousness still. Yeah, so, it, it's, so it's like it, it could have came from something bigger, right? Like almost like yeah. how Grievous's meat sack was stuffed inside yeah. a cybernetic body, and that's that's kind of what this it's like its head was its full thing, like the meat sack, yeah. that it could then transform onto other bodies. And I also, like, I think that 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 you have, you might be onto something a little bit here when it comes to, like, something that the Empire left, or maybe, like, so, somehow this is, like, an imperial, like, an ex-Imperial soldier, because, like, it knew to use electricity versus them. Yeah. And, like, that was something that, like, the Empire literally engineered that well, with the help of Sabine. I mean, weapon. Nick, if you look at its main mech suit, very Imperial in design, right? The red yeah. eyes, the rounded, you know, black uh, hull there. But it does feel like it's 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 almost it's it's doing its own fucking thing. I mean, it knew how to capture Mandalorians. Did it build itself that way, or is that something the Empire was already using on Mandalore? Yeah, I, I think that this had to be like some sort of leftover Imperial tack, like how whatever the organic part of this got into it. I have no fucking clue, but this does seem like something the Imperials may have left behind or like started to design as a way to like quell the Mandalorian population. I mean, it, it was, um, a, it worked, right? It's a fantastic Mandalorian yeah. mousetrap. It just has to lie in wait locks them in a cage so they can't use any of their weapons and it nullifies their armor and then bleed it dry essentially to keep its own self yeah. alive. I'm guessing it's, it's bleeding that shit. So it has more organic juice to kind of fuel itself. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I am. I mean, I don't know. I, if anything, it was a fucking cool ass star Wars monster. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I don't, I don't think it was a mistake that we all kind of were thinking of general grievous, uh, it, to me, it all it almost had like a Geonosian dialect when it was in that kind of its uh, bipedal mode. It it, it kind of sounded like a geo. You know, even its little spear was reminiscent of the Geonosian spear. But why would that be on Mandalore? Who the fuck knows? That's why I just went to yeah. maybe the Empire were using these fucking things. I mean, for all we know, people. These things could be clone experiments from Tantus that the Empire, they're like, you know what? Instead of using bots like the Separatists did, let's jam organic brain material into these robots because they'll be able to capture and kill Mandalorians better than just a fucking robot. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But that, that's kind of sure. where I'm at. So, 
Um, yeah, I do think I, I do agree with you that I think that it is some sort of imperial tech. But it was fucking cool. I mean, it's like it was. It's like it was is that really a Dianoga cool. that's like just become a badass? Because if you, I actually went and researched Dianogas, and sure shit, they will live in junkyards and they like junk shit. So I was like, is this thing just advanced? Probably not. All right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, we'll see if we see it again. I doubt we will, but it, it was cool to see for the first. And the the final top moment, and it, it was kind of a just a string of a scene, but I I, I kept it lumped together, but. And I touched on it earlier, but 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 the trek to the to the waters, and then obviously the mythosaur reveal, loved it because like I said, we really got some good lore dump from Bo. And if you are a fan of Clone Wars and Rebels, where they're walking that main platform, that should have just stood out to you like holy shit, that's where we saw them making their charge against the Maul Delorians and and all that type of stuff. That's where they picked up Maul to take them off. So that was cool to see in hindsight. It was great to just see all these locations in live action for the first time because it's only been in animation. But more importantly, like I said, you you really kind of got inside Bo's mind and, and who she was as a kid and the royal family and how back then the royals, they didn't really believe in all the bullshit, but they would do it to kind of keep up the the traditions and the common folk would like it just like our kings and queens would you know come out and do their pomp and circumstance to make all the plebes like oh yeah hey look yeah, everything's great uh and how she was mocking the, she was mocking the story of mandalore the great all right i mean this lady's shitting on all her culture and then we get the reveal of the dinosaur so i i just i liked how you know bo was kind of getting her point of view out there on Mandalorian stories, legend and culture, really dug in it. She was really dug in on this was bullshit. And then we get that fucking surprise there at the end where even she is gasping under the water as she's pulling, you know, bunker boy up to safety. I just wonder in her head, Nick, was she just like, fuck. It's all true. Yeah. Like it's, it's all true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there was ever a moment where she didn't believe it was true because it wasn't like mythology. It was like it was their history. Like this is something uh, that I'm you pretty. Could I'm track. pretty sure when she's reading that thing, she's mocking it like this is bullshit. Oh, she's like, she's definitely mocking it. But it's like the same way that like we mock shit from like the 1300s, where it's like yeah, the fucking kings and queens and shit. Like would would like literally cut people's heads off in public square you know what? because that's how fucking stupid shit was. Right. Back you know then. what I, I I see this is kind of how I took it. Like you know, and you know, I was raised Catholic. I've I've have all that fun programming. But even back then when they're telling me the stories of like you know, Noah's Ark and Jonah and the whale and shit, that's how I think Bo Katan was looking at stories of Mandalore the Great. Like, yeah, whatever. That's that's embellished nonsense fucking dinosaurs eat a dick go fuck yourself but now that she's witnessed one that's what i mean that i I think i mean her tune is going to change it has to change and i just wonder is it re-motivation now because look how depressed she was in episode one wow wow woe is me hey fuck you din you want to be the leader of Casca and axe just go wave your little your little black uh, dark saber around and, and and they'll come be your friends. I want nothing to do with anything. I'm just going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. Uh, so if anything, the, the mythosaur, I think, is going to relight a fire under her ass to reclaim Mandalore dark saber or not. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that that's going to like reinvigorate 
her, I mean, essentially her life's work. And like, she's been at this for so long. Since like the, she's since been the at, end of the Clone Wars. I'd say yeah. like year three of the Clone Wars is when she went to Ahsoka and said, hey, enough's enough. We need your help. We need a Jedi's help to get these fucking dickheads, a.k.a. Maul, Old, off our yeah. off our planet. Yeah. And it's just it's taken this long. And like after literally decades of her like working and trying and and, and trying to like pull together the remaining Mandalorians in some way, shape or form and, and just constantly being rebuffed because you don't have this sword. You need the sword, but the sword like for, for it to literally be like, this is my life's work. My life's work has literally been to reunite our people and culture under one banner again. And like to start to have Mandalorians rebuild and, 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 and come back into the galaxy in a meaningful way. And for her to be told all the time, well, like, but you don't have the sword. Right. Like now I think it rightfully so she was like fucking tired of it. She's like, fuck this shit. And, but I, yeah, I mean, obviously seeing the, the mythosaur under the waters is going to be like, okay, now I like, now I have another proof point that I can be like, see, this thing is here. Let's get this fucking shit going again. doesn't yeah. matter about the sword. Right. Like let's, Let's, and let's, you're right, just, just to remind everyone what Nick's talking about, you gotta remember the armor herself said this, the songs of Eon's past foretold of the mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. We just saw that, okay? We just saw it. So that has been achieved, which means it's time for Mandalore to begin anew. And I do think Bo-Katan is gonna try and... and and, and get mixed that. up back into it and, and kind of be the one to do it. And I think Nick is right that the armor, even though that, all right, our crazy shit's coming true and we're fucking crazy, but we can't let those people. It's the same thing we, we deal with in society. We can't let those goddamn liberals. We can't let those fucking conservatives. It's, it's, that's what I see between these two factions where they're so fucked up at this point that they literally can't realize that they're the same culture. They're working towards the same goal. They just have... Uh, different, different backgrounds, different ideas on how that should be achieved. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so it, it, it is a huge moment. And I like, I still stick to my guns about like, just get rid of the sword. Okay. I was going to ask, was that you or Trevor? It was you. You're saying, let's just fucking yeah. break this thing. And, and, no, and yeah. one you of my, rid of it, but one of my wants was let's, let's, I, I, I was with you. You were smarter and just said, fucking destroy the sword, which makes sense. I was kind of like, let, let's get a new understanding of, of the Mandalorian culture and the Darksaber to where it's not the, if you don't have this, you can't do shit type of, yeah. of litmus test. Either, yeah, I mean, whether you destroy it or whether you decide to retire it, either way. But like, I think that the, the sword itself, the Darksaber itself, has been nothing but a hindrance to the furthering of the Mandalorian people after the yep. death of Tar Vizsla. Yep. Like, it's, it's, it's only caused trouble, strife, and hardship where the talisman of your people should do the exact opposite. <laughs> That's it a great should point. be. <laughs> like, That's right. Like, It'd be like us you know, worshiping nuclear bombs. Like, yeah. Hey, oh, it's whoever's like, got oh, yeah. the nuke. Well, I guess that is true. Whoever's got the nuke usually is in power, yeah. but what you, the nukes you demand do? the power nukes, just but it's destroy. unhealthy. Yeah. It's, it's unhealthy. And all it does because that puts you, because it puts you in a mindset of, of the Sith 
like if you think about how the Sith function, they, they function as like kill the master to become the master. And if you're using this like this sword here, if I have this sword, I'm the master. All you're doing is just giving people motivation to kill you. Exactly. And to like overthrow you for their own selfish I, I mean, again, the guy's making great points. Just look what happened immediately in Book of Boba Fett when another Mandalorian saw that Din had the Darksaber. Challenge, right? Paz yeah. is like, challenge, motherfucker. It's my saber, my great, 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 whatever Vizsla is the one that stole it from the Jedi. Did anyone ever think about that? Maybe, maybe the fact that they stole it from the Jedi Temple is why it's all fucking cursed and has brought nothing but shit to these people, right? Didn't he steal yeah. it? I mean, wasn't the dark saber I'm, stolen from from the Jedi at some point in time? I'm not a hundred. I thought he forged it, but I could be. I, I don't know. I don't want to say Tar stole it, but I, I believe at some point in time they jacked it from either the temple or or another Jedi stronghold. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it if it did go down in some fucking crazy way right. like that. Either yeah, way, why, why, next look in that, we'll, we'll move into the Easter eggs and references breakdown because we, we got a few good ones in here. Plus, Yeah, it was stolen. Okay. The weapon was kept in the Jedi Temple after Vizsla's passing, but members of the house stole the saber. Okay, the well, there you go. The so, so it wasn't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tar. It wasn't Tar. But literally, yeah, the, Jedi, the Jedi are like, you know what? He was pretty special. We want to go ahead and keep his blade in, in our archives. And, and as Nick's saying, one of the houses on Man, they're like, Nope, fuck you. Let's go. Let's yeah, we're, we're going to steal it. it back. And we're going to make this the crux of our whole society. And then yeah. as soon as you do that, your society right. crumbles. Yeah, Linda, Linda's got the other quote, the one I haven't brought up. But Armour did also, did also say, it is said that one warrior will defeat 20 and the multitude will fall before him. So... Uh, I don't think Din has really defeated anyone with it yet. I mean, those those two droids on Book of Boba Fett, but even then it was like a hack job. Uh, and, yeah. and I believe the Rancor truly got the kills. So who knows? Who knows? But shifting gears here, we're going to go through some of the Easter eggs references. And, and I think we've talked about the Mandalorian mythology at this point, but just in case. Uh, we'll we'll uh, reiterate if need be. All right. So first up, Nick, in our Easter eggs and breakdowns, our lovely Pelly makes the list again, but mostly because she gave us a great reference to Boonta Eve. Um, I, I love the opening where you see, like, even on the streets during Boonta Eve, they've got, like, speeder races going on. Uh, Pelly obviously has her scam going because, as she says, hey, everyone's fucking getting hammered during Boonta Eve, so... Let's steal their speeder parts and then resell them back to them. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking it for the Boon to Eve drop, but anytime I have a chance to gush about Pelly, I, I seem to take advantage of it. She is not done yet, though, because she also said, hey, look at you moving like a Lerman. If you remember, the Lerman <laughs> are like these little... They're like a monkey-looking race that show up in the Clone Wars, and, and they do. They, they're they very good at, at jumping around, flipping around, doing kind of the, the, the Yoda species-style acrobats. So that was a nice, yeah. little, nice little reference to the... Um, they look like Rafiki from Lion King. There you go. Those of you who don't. <laughs> All right, uh, up next, live-action Mandalore, okay? You know, we, we've seen it in the cartoons. Now we get to see it for real. Uh, you know, last week, Trevor and I were talking about how the first episode really felt like it was hard to tell when they were in the volume. And 
I still think episode two looked great. It didn't look as as cheap as some scenes in Kenobi, but uh, live action Mandalore, you could definitely tell. I think that they they had those LED screens in the back, kind of bringing up the uh, the skyline. But I did like the practicality of of the like the the glass and all the bullshit on the planet. Uh, it is neat to see a glass planet in live action, and and why that moniker kind of came to yeah, be. I mean, even in Halo, they would talk about glass and planets. So yeah. Um, it, it just, it just, it looks fucking rad, even though it's a, it's a wasteland that at least has yeah. breathable air, right? At least they got yeah, the breathable air. At least air. it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> but There's the thing plus is, sand. right. These motherfuckers, they had to live in domes even before the empire blew the shit up because they fucked up their planet so bad from fighting. So don't, yeah. don't, don't feel too bad for Mandalorians. They, they, they've got some problems. Uh, yeah, they've had problems for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, while we're dealing with the, the Mandalorian sector of the galaxy, we also got a live look at Concordia, the, the moon that Din tells Grogu he grew up on, which makes sense because that's where Death Watch and more than likely their children of the Watch ended up staying. We know they did because the armor said, hey, the only reason we survived the purge is because we remain cloistered on Concordia. Uh, so we finally got to see it. And more live-action Mandalore stuff, we got to see uh, Sundari. Again, that's the the city that is heavily featured in uh, Clone Wars for sure, the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, I think it also pops up a bit in Rebels, but I, I, I can't, can't fully remember. And if anything, that's the dome you see getting blown to fuck in the Book of Boba Fett during the Night of a Thousand Tears. So lots of fun stuff there. And okay, this guy. Back to this guy. I mean, like I said, here he is. And by this guy, I'm talking about the if a Dianoga Grievous and a human eye had a baby, that thing. But Nick, the image I got up that, you know, there, there's some Empire vibes there. You know, those those, those red eyes, kind of like some of their uh, probe droids, right? Or what are the little probes called? But there's something yeah. familiar yet something very unfamiliar about this dude and i'll be okay if we never check back in on him but a a a rad looking character nonetheless yeah no it was a fun character design and it definitely presented uh problems for our heroes to have to overcome yeah it wasn't bad like it, it like you said it knew how to combat those in shiny armor and you know, if it wasn't for that dark saber laying on the ground there's a good chance Bo too is getting her ass drained uh, yeah. look, at, look at that guy. General Grievous would be proud that someone kind of maintained that was, dude, his that, mantra. That was my of, first thought. I was like, hey, did somehow... Did like, Grievous' parts Somehow get away? Grievous <laughs> came back? Like, yeah. Just like Palpatine. Uh, yeah, like but, one of his eyes slid into yeah. a starship and, and got away. <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, I was like, is uh, this really... But no, it was a, it was a really cool character. Fucking cool, cool sure. creature, if anything else. All right, moving right along. Up next... We get to see the gauntlet again, but this time we actually get to see the gauntlet fly and in action. We got to see the cockpit. We saw it in season two, docked, um, and I call it the gauntlet because that is the name of Bo's ship. This is a, a Comrade-class fighter, if you want the technical term, but the gauntlet, just like Millennium Falcon, Razor... Uh, no, I actually think Razor Crest was a model, but Bo's ship is the gauntlet. Good-looking ship. Nice cockpit. Although... Um, she doesn't have a droid port. Did you, you know? You notice that? Like R five just had to kind of chill up in the cockpit with Grogu and Bo yeah. as they flew back. Why wouldn't you know? If you want to talk about odd odd things, why wouldn't 
R5 just fly the N1 back too. Or I guess yeah, I mean, they, didn't, I, they didn't know if Din was going to be alive. So they're like, hey, fuck it. We'll just keep yeah, the ship like, oh. here. <laughs> yeah, it's like we can all fit on this one anyway. And, yeah. you know, maybe it just make it easier. Because if you had, if they had to like drag his unconscious body back out, it's like, well, we can't put him in his own ship. Well, I was so. thinking just, <laughs> you know, Bo, Bro, Bo and Grogu still fly the gauntlet, but R5 brings the N1 back. Yeah, it just brings know? it all the way, yeah. And, and Din, oh. as punishment for being a, a, a Luddite and someone that needs saved multiple times in a 40-minute episode, he has to ride in the N1. He doesn't get to ride with the cool people in Bo's gauntlet. That's right. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Lerman, Concordia, Boo Boo Bo ship. Oh, so when Bo and Grogu are, are are walking through and she's like, hey, you didn't think your dad was the only Mandalorian? Literally after she kicks the shit out of stuff and Grogu's probably yeah. like, holy crap, my dad does suck. But <laughs> but she says like, listen, you know, Jedi and Mandalorians, we, we, we've gotten along Got in the past. Along. We've actually teamed up. So the team up I'm thinking she's talking about is the one where she literally goes and co-signs Ahsoka to come and fight in the Siege of Mandalore because they did oh, yeah. they did technically meet with Kenobi and Skywalker first, but then, you know, they're like, fuck it, we got to go capture Palpatine, who's been kidnapped by Grievous because he asked Grievous to kidnap him. Because uh, I, don't, I don't remember Bo teaming up with Jedi in Clone Wars. She was still mostly fighting them in Clone Wars yep. uh, until the final season. And then in Rebels, I guess you could draw the line that she teamed up with Kanan Kane. and Ezra. Yeah. Because um, they, they, assume... they do have a mission on Mandalore where they, they, they free Sabine's uh, dad from like a, a convoy. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think she is talking about Ahsoka in the Siege of Mandalore, for sure. Yeah, like, me, me too. I, I saw some dummy sites out there that break down content. They're like, yeah, she's talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was like, Obi-Wan when? Kenobi <laughs> kind of hated her. They, they fought each other. I mean, Bo-Katan is ultimately somewhat responsible for the death of Kenobi's lover, Satine. Yeah. So they didn't really ever team up. It was always very combative between Kenobi and Bo. So yeah, I'm, I, it's Ahsoka. If Nick agrees, then I'm fucking right. So everyone shut yeah, up. I'm pretty sure. It's <laughs> All right. And then, uh, well, we got the story of Mandalore the Great, who's the supposed first Mandalorian to ride the Mythosaurs. I actually did some research on him. He's pretty cool. He had like a gold helmet, very Sparta-like feel. His colors were red. They would ride on like these mechanical beast things that honestly almost look like that thing that captured din uh, someone posted it in our discord if you're interested go check it out i think it's in the spoiler channel if you're in our discord uh, but someone grabbed it from a legend or a comic and, and now that i think about that the those monsters the, the 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 robot that mandalore the great was riding on looks very similar to that thing that was living down there in those mines so maybe there's a connection you never know and then sure. ultimately the big one here, the freaking Mythosaur. I mean, that was a, a, a pretty cool reveal. I mean, I, uh, yeah. even when he got sucked down, I, I still wasn't expecting it yet. Cause I was, I, I was still, even as he's completing his mission, I'm going, well, you know, stuff could still happen. There's, there's still things that need to take place, but sure as shit, you know, she's coming up first. You see the eye, then they do that great pulled back shot where you get to see the true size of this fucking thing. I mean, th dude, this thing makes the crate dragon look like a baby, right? I mean, oh, look, yeah. look how they're, 
they're like this big. If you're on the stream, I mean, by this big, I mean the size of my wing. So about one inch or two inch compared to the head of a mythosaur. I mean, massive, massive. Like, I, I feel like if yeah. Din, Din could ride this, he could go back to Tatooine and just start eating crate dragons with a mythosaur. I could be, I could be <laughs> 100%. wrong. I could be wrong. I, what I think is interesting, and I think somebody, I saw somebody else bring this up too, is like, I don't know if this was a part of canon prior, but I didn't know that they were aquatic or at least partially aquatic. Like I thought that they were land bound creatures. Yeah. And I'm sure that like they can live on land as well, but I thought that they were like land and flying based almost. Um, but it's so clearly it's a, it's a water based creature. It also like gives me, I don't know if you felt this, but like, the face and like the eyes definitely remind me of an elephant, which to me is their way of saying like this thing has it's higher levels yeah. of intelligence oh, yeah. than you would think. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, dude, because if it, if, it, if it truly is just a monster like we've seen in Star Wars, what does it do when it sees yeah. these two things, two zippy lights by it? It probably reaches out and at least fucking swats it down. Or tries to eat it because that I mean, that's what a monster typically does when it sees yeah. something. It goes, are you food or are you another predator food? I'm going to try to kill you and eat you predator. I'm going to try to run away or or yeah. stand and fight. So I, I it makes sense when you consider that these things are essentially the backbone of their of their culture. I mean, the. the the goddamn Mandalorian skull is is emblazoned. Or I'm sorry, Mythosaur skull is all yeah. over Mandalorian cultural stuff. I mean, the the armor brings her goddamn metal version to every little nook and cranny she shows up at. Uh, Boba has it on his 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 shoulder pauldron. Um. I mean, it, it is everything. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I, I don't think it's gonna get out of here and, and be like the dog in Never Ending Story, where it's gonna have conversations and shit. But yeah. I, I don't think it exists just to destroy and kill. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with you. For sure. What's interesting is like, what has this thing been subsisting off of? Like, it's huge. It's Al a Alamites fucking... or other mythosaur. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, what has it been eating to grow this size? Clearly, there are Alamites that that live in the the sunken city of Sundari now. But you know what? I I, I don't think you're fully wrong though. I, I think these things are, are land and sea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, so. I I mean I think it it could definitely get out and and start walking around. Yeah, because if it's like if if you're if if the definition of riding a mythosaur is just like well you can only ride them in water yeah yeah that yeah. really limits what you can do with it you ride it like it's a like, jet ski and that's it as soon as you hit land yeah. you have to jump off and be like all right I'll be back and it's boy. like all of your enemies are just like well just don't go by the lake right and we're okay yeah, yeah. like okay hold 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 they're almost in three feet of water all right they can't ride yeah. it anymore let's go they, fight you can't get to us. <laughs> So yeah, I assume uh, it could come out and walk on land as well, but we'll but, see. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Probably. We all know we're going to see this thing in full form at some point in time now. Like it, 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 we're yeah. going to get the whole body. But I, I in Discord, I was talking with with Tones and I, I do think size wise, it's 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 similar to the Aqua Sando monster from the Phantom Menace, the always bigger fish, the one that mm -hmm. comes yeah. in that, that's literally like standing on the bottom of that that ocean and it's just fuck it it's like the size of a skyscraper i'm thinking mythosaur is right around that type of size 
Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Good point by Linda. This is its layer. I, I can get behind yeah, yeah, that definitely. for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So there you go. So um, as we move into the prediction for episode three, we are going to tell you right now. And uh, we're looking at a tweet from cryptic 4k qual. And I will say this is the Twitter account that, that leaked the runtimes for episode one and two, which have been spot on. So we will tell you as we get into predicting what's going to happen tomorrow that we're getting a 56-minute episode for episode three. So with you know recaps and credits, you're looking at damn near, we think, 48 minutes of, of content, I would say, 47, Probably. 48. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that'll be the the longest Mandalorian to date because the uh, S2E1 was about 51, 52 minutes, not counting credits and whatnot. So um, big, big, big time shit. Yeah, no, it's going to uh, be huge. Um, for me, primarily, my uh, my prediction will be we're going to my big prediction is we're going to find out who the armor is, like who she really Good. is. I hope you're right. Because I, there's no other place for them to go. Like, like he's done his quest, like you said. Bo-Katan is also going to want to stick with him because she's now seen the, the, the prophecy or whatever, oh, yeah. like in, in the flesh. So she's going to want to stick together as like proof point. And when they get to the armor, I think she's going to, if not immediately, then like in the span of this episode, figure out who this person is. Because one, she speaks, so Bo-Katan is going to hear her voice. And two, like armor alone, she'll probably be able to at least have an idea of who it is. So I think that like that nut gets cracked in this next episode. All right. I'm with you, too, because if, if we draw off of trailers, there have been multiple trailers that have shown a dogfight between TIE Fighters and Bo's Gauntlet. I'm almost thinking episode three also scratches the surface on folding in the overarching galactic conflict back into play. And yeah. Either the, the the remnant or someone finds out that they were on or Bo was on Mandalore or, or somehow the news gets out. I, I could be off, but we've seen these this, the dogfight and it's definitely on uh, Kalavala. So I could see Bo, Din, and Grogu leaving Mandalore, headed back to Kalavala, and that attack happens for whatever yeah. reason. Or you that's what could you know what could tip him off? What you know because he didn't tell. Uh, he didn't tell grief like, Hey, I'm going to Mandalore to do all this shit. He was just like, I have a mission to do. And I am just here because I need your help with something. Um, he didn't tell him that he was going to Mandalore. He did tell Pelly that he was going to Mandalore. Oh, she think Pelly's selling him out already. Even with her love. For I don't Grogu, know if she's selling him out. Or someone but, heard it. Well, so it's the biggest day of the year yeah. on Tatooine. It's yeah. Boonta Eve. There's tons of people. No, there. I can feel There's, that. I, I, I was like, because I, yeah. I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe someone has overheard him and they've been tracking him. Or hell, you, you could argue that Gideon planted a tracker on him two years ago in his armor. He still hasn't fucking figured it out because he doesn't take the shit off. He doesn't take it off. Yeah, but in my head, if it, if like somebody had to find or had to like figure out where he was. That's the easiest way because you said it in the open. You said it to somebody who you kind of trust, but like you, 
like, you know, you've, you've interacted with her a few times. There's a shitload of people there on Tatooine now. And a gun, there's going to be a ton of unsavory people there now because it's a betting. It's, 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 well, well check this, this shit out. You can fix. Yeah. Like check, we, we, so. we, we both have forgot this. I mean, up until losing the dark saber, what is Bo and, and her faction actively be doing? Nick raiding, I mean, th- raiding the remnants, supplies stealing their ships yeah so we could argue that it's the empire they were tracking Bo, not din and they're like bo katan went to mandalore that's something we need to investigate so there you go right there crack that done yeah that's that's why they're going to be attacking so i i do think we're going to see those trailer moments where Bo is under attack with din and grogu they're all in that ship and from there they then go to the cave, back to where the armor is at, because we've seen, I think props, SW Props had this uh, uh, from one of the trailers. They're like, hey, Bo and the armor are in the same fucking cave. That's huge. And as Nick said, yes, that is going to be major. So, yeah, I, that, that's where I'm going with tomorrow. So the Empire was tracking Bo. They they are curious because Bo, who hasn't been back to Mandalore since they kicked her ass off, went back. So they're they're clearly going to have interest in that. That gets them yeah. chased. Clearly, they're going to blow them up. They Din and Bo are now kind of a traveling pair, I believe, for the foreseeable future. They go to armor to tell the tale and to rally the troops. As Nick foretold, Bo figures out who Armor is, and that's probably going to throw some wrenches into this. Hey, let's reunite and take Mandalore. They'll fuck around for another episode or two. Something really bad's gonna happen. Then they're like, "All right, let's go kick ass as as a team." The end. Yeah. No, I I think that that is a pretty good uh pretty good prediction for episode three. Yeah, it's, I, um, I like I said, I'm I'm super jazzed about this episode because unlike the previous two, we're back to having zero clarity. We we have no idea. I mean, outside the general bullshit we've been fed, like, oh, the biggest season, the most action, the most Mandalorians. Okay. Praetorian guards, possibly. Moff Gideon's new armor. We haven't even, that's why, that's why I, I do think episode three could also dedicate a good part of its long runtime to reigniting the Imperial shit, which has kind yeah. of been put on the back burner throughout the book of Boba Fett. So uh, I'm sticking to my guns. They're, they're, they're coming after Bo. Uh, Din and Bo head to the cave and speak with the armor. We get that big reveal. We we finally learn who she is and why her and Bo don't see eye to eye and why it's still going to take some time for them to see eye and eye or eye to eye. And uh, here we go. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see because I think that this one, I mean, we know that we have what, eight episodes. Yeah. So, uh, so we have we only have know, six left and this is a, a meaty yeah. one. Yeah, you can't meander like you can in uh in Bad Batch. No, there's there's no, no there's no time no to to have a little side quest no. here. No, you're and and I think that's the beauty of episode two. The gift it gave us is we, we now know that sides and fetch quests are are gone. It could be gone from the we're Mandalorian moving, f- for, forever. I mean, it, it's out of here. Everything we were hoping for, Nick was hoping for. It's it's already happened two episodes in. No fetch quests. I mean, yeah, we're still going to bland looking fucking sandy planets here and there, but oh well. I think we can get over that considering we have this now kind of a wide open uh, uh, approach to the remaining six episodes of The Mandalorian S3. Great stuff. 
So there's a good chance, even though I don't have to get up early tomorrow, I'm probably still not going to be able to sleep because it's not like I sleep anyways. And I know the moment I, I awaken my brain tomorrow, I'm going to be like, 445, that means it's out. Um, okay, I'll, I'll lay here a little bit longer, then it'll be 515, 530, 545, and I'll be like, all right, fuck it, time to get up. Ah, yes, Linda. That's why we love everyone tuning in to the Star Wars Time Show. We try to hype you up. Because there's always time for Star Wars time. You heard it here first. All right. Let's go ahead and move into the Bad Batch deep dive breakdown. We have a never short change here on the Star Wars time show, even though we've moved our uh, live streaming schedule a bit. It's not going to affect you podcast only people. But if you ever do want to come check out the stream, we are now doing it not in the middle of the fucking day. So you, you have that opportunity. Check us out 5P East at Star Wars time show on YouTube. All right, so let's get right into the review of Bad Batch S2 E12, The Outpost. Since I'm rambling, Nick, I'll just go for it. I'll tell you what. Love the episode. I do feel like D. Bradley Baker pumped it too much. Oversold it? It was, it was yeah. an overselling of, of the episode, but I'm, I'm not going to hold that against the episode because it still was a thing of beauty. It definitely moved characters into new territory and it showed just truly how awful the Empire is and, and what is happening to the clone forces now that Palpatine got his way many episodes ago in the Senate. So yeah. um, I, I was a little underwhelmed based on the oversell. OK, that's all I'm going to say. It, it was a fantastic episode besides it being on a bland white planet. All right. We, Bad Batch yeah. just can't get away outside of their Kashyyyk mission. Everything. Oh, I guess the, the beach mission to start. Everything else has either been brown, black or now white. Um, but in terms of content, loved it. Crosshair has moved. Finally, the guy has finally figured something out and they did it in such a way that is brilliant because just as he realized that he's in a bad situation, he gets put in an even worse situation and he pretty much has no choice now for himself. So that is interesting where he was left. Uh, but I also just, I, I love the coldness of the empire just fully taking root already now that the clones have been commissioned for retirement. So for, for the portrayal of the, the sad end of the clones and Crosshair finally moving forward and seeing a bit of the light, I enjoyed the episode. Yeah, no, I mean, it was another, I mean, like, I thought that the last one that was kind of, like, built around, like, the Empire really fucking over the clones may have been enough to, like, push Crosshair to, like, truly see, like, hey, I really need to get myself out of this situation. But this was the literal straw that broke the camel's yeah, back. Literally. Good point. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> the ice, how much back. more clear can it be? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, how much more clear can it be that you shouldn't be here anymore and they don't want you here anymore? Um, yeah. So I thought the episode in terms of its messaging was a bit redundant because like I said, we've had like two of these episodes already where it's like crosshair. It's very clear that like, they're going to fucking kill you. And if they don't kill you, then you, you need to find your way well, out. The only like, difference is, I mean, anymore. we we have not seen this guy since episode three. So I think that's the only difference yeah. is now he actually, we got to see him actually realize something where before, you know, Nick's points are valid. Knowing Crosshair, he was probably hearing shit and just be like, eh, fuck it. I'm Crosshair. Give me yeah. a toothpick. 
Yeah, it's like just really brushing it off. I loved the way that they played Nolan. Um, oh yeah, as like just <laughs> a complete douchebag. some bag. green incompetent because it like it it reinforces even more this like crosshair seasoned soldier from back in the days pre Empire has always been a good soldier has always followed orders. You have this guy come in green as can be with a title that he doesn't deserve that just gets there and starts shitting on them just constantly, like especially the clones. And like, if that wasn't enough, just like that person being there and now being your commanding officer as crosshair, like to see the way that he was so callous about Mayday laying there dying and literally letting this guy die and then was going to do the same to crosshair, just like essentially like, get up and start doing shit or we'll dispose of you. Yep, like you're disposable. Th- yeah. Like the cat, like literally saying to him in no uncertain terms, you are disposable. Like that's what it really took was like some peon shithead to like come in and tell crosshair, like you mean nothing to us. And that was finally enough to push him over the edge. So, um, Wait, and, yeah, I mean, and I, you know, having one of his brothers mayday who clearly was following orders I mean, the guy they, they essentially stranded him in his platoon on a shitbag planet to to die to watch armor and he did it he ate it he ate nolan shit but even him at the end was like you know what man fucking we were good we followed orders and what did it get us not a goddamn thing and and yeah. I, you know that 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 sunk in for sure yeah um what's go ahead. what's gonna be interesting now is that He's on Tantus. Um, is this going to be a similar situation like it was with Echo with the Techno Union? Where do you want, do you want to go down it. that that tangent real quick? Because I I had it in my ha section. Yeah, so like let, let's just talk about it now because I think it's interesting because it's a very mirrored situation where when you had Echo with the Techno Union, they get there just in time to save him. They've been experimenting on him, clearly. That's why Echo is the way that he yeah, is. he's a fucking cyborg it's, at this point. Like, he yeah. has a lot of cybernetic parts in his brain. <laughs> and, But I think what's going to end up happening with Crosshair is that they're, they're not going to be able to save him. They're going to get there too late. All right, so check this and out. And he's, he's dead. And, and some of this is based on legend, and they have been folding legend back in. Dark Trooper program. Initially yeah. in legend used clones it was like 70 70 clone 30 percent cybernetics for like phase zero dark troopers and i do believe in mandalorian doesn't gideon say like oh these are phase three we no longer need pilots like these are these oh are the, yeah yeah something I think like I that think you're right and and yeah, this right. is where i'm getting off script a bit and and feel free to correct me anyone that is a bigger dork than me but i i do think that the dark trooper program might have also been somewhat linked to Tantus in Legend, which means they could now do whatever they fucking want in canon. Uh, but but like I said, and, and, and Tones and I were chatting about this, that, that's why I like the Discord in between shows, because I get to be in there with other super dorky people that really take this stuff seriously and want to want to speculate on fake science fiction. Uh, but if you do read Legends, the the first phases of the Dark Trooper, not Death Trooper, but Dark Trooper program did involve clones. They weren't fully <laughs> automatons until it seems phase three with with Gideon. So that's yeah. that's what I was kind of thinking, Nick. Does he become 
like the first dark trooper uh because i yeah, I, be. I believe and i don't know if this is legend but i believe a lot of the 501 they're the ones that went on to become death troopers yeah um where where other clones parts of their body their brains their cloneness was mixed with machine parts to create the first dark troopers yeah i mean that would make perfect sense and it would like that that kind of feeds into kind you know what i was thinking too is like the batch is essentially like on a mission to save him but they get there and they're too late unlike when they saved echo where yeah they got okay there just okay now okay now uh, yeah you're yeah i'm with you and I don't think they're going to be going there to save him. I, I do think the Empire is going to get Omega before the, the last two episodes. And those the, the final two episodes, which are going to air back to back, will be, uh, I'm hoping, Rex, Echo, uh, Tech, Wrecker, and Hunter mounting yeah. an offensive on Tantus to rescue Omega. And then they realize that Crosshair is there. And like you said, it's probably too late or... Crosshair himself is able to have like a RoboCop moment, and that's yeah, his like a moment of clarity. Right, that's his final sacrifice to make amends. Like he he while he is been combating them and and being a pain in their ass as a early Dark Trooper, he kind of has that Alex Murphy moment where he's like, "Oh shit, I am still Crosshair, and and that's Omega, and these are my boys, and I'm not gonna do the the thing. I'm actually gonna sacrifice myself here." I would prefer it that way versus just a straight rescue mission. And, and he, he kind of goes that way. I kind of like your thing where he is being turned into a bad, uh, cybernetic individual and he is doing bad things and fighting against his former friends and brothers. But some of him is able to creep back in for just enough time to allow the batch and Omega to get away at the uh, detriment of his future self. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that would be a fitting end for Crosshair yeah, because no. I don't think he makes it out of this season. Yeah, like like Bat's saying, he he will. Crosshair will be the impetus for Omega getting out. And then, you know, obviously the, the brothers will be the ones that take her away. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I do think Crosshair in some capacity will will help. I just I hope it's the darker approach where, like Nick said, he is kind of been turned into this uh, machine of death now but he's able to snap out of it for a few seconds to, to do the good thing. Yeah, no, I think that would be a good way. All right, good. So we're, we're kind of in line on him. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's just, that's why it was a great moment for crosshair, a a tragic moment, just as he realizes like I'm in a bad situation. I need to make a better choice. He now has no choice left to make. I mean, he's, he's fucked. He is fucked. I mean, what's her name? Miri, the, the, the Hemlock's nurse or whatever, assistant. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, just try not to fight so much so it doesn't hurt as much, whatever the fuck they're going to start doing to him. <laughs> very calm. It's yeah. very calm. All right. So continuing with our deep dive breakdown the way we do it, we, we gave you the review. OK, now let's do um, a few eggs but there weren't any I, I i was i did verify that hex veach and mayday they're all new clones for bad batch uh, as was lieutenant nolan uh, so no real eggy stuff in this episode which i'm not complaining on on double dip star wars day anytime i can get out of cutting out a fucking video to make it's perfect so let's get into the top moments and Nick already talked about this one, and, and I'm a huge fan of this clone instantly in just, you know, less than 20 minutes. 
May Day has become one of the best named clones. I mean, he, I even think he makes Captain Hauser from season one look like a putz at this point. May Day, in particular, when he first meets Nolan, and, and he is just such a smart ass to him while also being the sub the uh subordinate you know what i mean like he's like yeah. yes sir okay how much action have you seen yes sir that type of shit like whatever <laughs> nolan you know who he reminded me of david schwimmer's character from band of brothers that's exactly what i was the, gonna the, say the captain it that never saw battle but because he was an officer and he's above enlisted men he yep. was just a cunt to everybody yep and and when he did get in the battle, he was a big dope who had yeah. zero ability got, to to manage a war. Got people killed for That's sure. Right. I mean, that was that was where my head went too. Was like right to that like Band of Brothers yeah. connection, Camp, like his Camp character, Curry. and then Colin Hanks's character. Yeah, yeah, there you go, the same one because he shows up in the uh, I think the uh, replacements episode. He comes in yeah. as a lieutenant mm -hmm. to essentially take over easy company who has been through the shit since day one. Yep. And he's just this clean shaven right out of West point motherfucker that only is an officer because they went to West point. Exactly. Um, but I, I just, I loved how Mayday reacted to him. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You're the boss, but fuck you. You're, you're a nobody without essentially saying, fuck you. You're a nobody. Yeah. So, um, plus he's got a beard. Looks fucking great. Cool hair. Slick back. Like I said, Mayday. FTW. Um, next top moment, Nick, and this seems to be a trend with me in the Bad Batch, but the action scenes, whether we love the, the meat of the episode, have been fantastic. Uh, they have been. The visuals are just out of this world for the Bad Batch. Did anyone else, if you look at some of the snow scenes where like you're getting first person views of the snow, that shit looked fucking real. Like it did not, I was gonna say, it did like, not look like a cartoon. A lot of their environmental effects look realistic now which is such a huge improvement from where it was in you know early clone wars days even like early even late rebels days like just way better in terms of like environmental clarity <coughs> and stuff but um 100 but really it, it just if you think about what they did you had two clones take on a a full garrison of raiders i mean there was at least 10 12 maybe more two clones in the elements who almost blew themselves up on a landmine, were able to take out a full base of maybe ne'er-do-wells. In, in Star Wars, they're probably just poor people looking to eat. You know, that's usually what yeah. it is when it, when it comes to the Empire wanting to kill people. But it's just, you, you know, it, with, with hindsight, you have to wonder if Palpatine was ever like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have been a cheap motherfucker and just kept paying for these goddamn clones. Because if I kept these things around, <laughs> I would have been unstoppable. I mean, yeah, unstoppable. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, and I, I do like the way that they kind of explain that away a bit. Because when they were talking to Nalase and then when uh, whatever his name is at the end came in, they essentially said like, yeah, like he he destroyed the cloning facility so nobody else can have this. Oh yeah, this tech. Oh yeah, and that's why Nala say is like holding out on him and won't do anything because they're like, look, I I know what you did. Like you destroyed my whole planet yeah. or like my whole civilization for your own greed. Like you just want to be the only person who can use this technology, and I'm not gonna give it to you. So yeah, I mean it is that's the one. 
the one thing we can critique Sheev on is he did not think out the, the, the clone stuff too well. He should have kept yeah. the clone army going because, I mean, you, you had a template for Spartan War. Mandalorians. Like, let's be real. You were printing out fucking Mandalorian trained DNA. And then I do believe Django also programmed a lot of his training into them as they were growing from zero to ten. Like they were they were they were also trained by Django's upbringing. So they're, they're fucking Mandalorians for the most part. Yeah, and you yeah, could no, you, I mean, you could have had I mean, a you could have had a full army of these motherfuckers, but oddly, a guy that took over the galaxy didn't want to pay for him. That's that's another one of those Star yeah, Wars know, things. You're just like what? <laughs> like at this point, too, like money means nothing. Exactly, to the you're empire. the fucking emperor. Like just make yeah. up money. Be like, hey, yeah, you people, you're gonna build these clones for us, and we're not going to pay you. That yeah, I mean, like, what are we talking about? Or even if you did, like you, you have access to the printing presses. Like, just it's like here, here's uh, here's a hundred billion credits. Yeah, like just, just print them. Hey, Lama what does Sue, it mean to them? You're right, man. Here's here's money. Keep making money. But well, I'm sure yeah. you picked up on the only thing that they know is going to get Nala to talk is if they threaten Omega. Is, so Omega. Yeah. Lama Sue's a a true douchebag to his own kind yes. and his creations. But anyways. Yeah, Mayday's the fucking man. You gotta like his uh, homage to Dangar, right? With the zombie wraps, wrapping himself up to try to stay a little warm. Uh, but good clone and, and great little battle scene there. And then, uh, you know, obviously the, the last top moment, Crosshair gets it. I mean, how about that guy? In just one episode and one mission with Mayday, he essentially had a change of heart. Because if you remember everyone, when, when they walked by and they saw that dead raider... And, and Crosshair is like, hey, yeah, fuck it. I wouldn't have brought him home either. Mayday's like, holy shit, I don't want to die on a mission with you. So going into this mission, Crosshair was kind of like, fuck everyone. As long as I'm following orders, I don't give a shit. You know, the weak can fucking die for all I care. But because yeah. of, no, of mean, Mayday and the mission and learning that they're just protecting the armor for the troops that are replacing clones, clones being retired, Nolan just talking to Crosshair and Mayday like they're not even real things, Crosshair finally fucking figured it out. I love, yeah. did, did you like the, the symbolism with the ice vulture throughout the mm -hmm, episode, yeah. how it was circling and... And Mayday's like, you know, the, these motherfuckers will survive in, in any, in, in the harshest of realities and that's been crosshair like crosshair is the ice vulture he has figured out a way to survive as a clone in the in the, under the empire but that was it like he he's done he yeah. made his choice that's and all he and i think that that's what he realized it's like all i'm doing is surviving like i'm not yeah. doing anything else here like all i can do under the empire is just survive for as long as they let me it's not even like until the end of your life. Cause if you just stay under the yoke of the empire, they will decide when you die. Yeah. And it was, it and was like, finally proven to him straight up that good soldiers can follow orders. And it doesn't mean shit. If you're a clone, if you're a clone, you're, yeah. you're, you're second rate, third rate in some people's eyes, like Nolan, you're not even a, a real thing. You're a, you're a product. You're no different than a fucking X wing to people yeah. like that. So he got it. Just at the uh, the wrong moment, because now he's going to pay dearly. But as Nick and I kind of are speculating, even though shit's going to go really bad for Crosshair, he will ultimately be the savior in the end at the expense of himself, which yeah, make, makes sense for this character. Of, 
and, and I'm with you. Like, the, like I don't, I don't think he can be rehabbed back into the group. I, I do think he is on a course for death. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Unless they they keep everything secret with him, don't involve him at all in the Omega, and then he's the big reveal at the end that he has become a dark troop or something that can combat the Batch and Rex, and he becomes like the big bad thing for season three. But I, I don't know. I kind of yeah. I don't like. I don't know if there's. Va- I think that the value is definitely in his sacrifice at the end, rather than like keeping him around. But yeah, because I, uh, I guess you could yeah. argue keeping him around like that just adds to the the tragedy of this character even more. Like just as he yeah. figured out, like oh shit, Empire sucks. They now have robbed him of any choice and have made him yeah. a cyborg of death. That that would be that would be a bit tragic, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll we'll see what they do with him, but I do think that like keeping him around as a brainless zombie soldier loses you lose kind of all of the effect that you have of yeah. him now. So right. All right. So tomorrow, episode thirteen. I, I forget the title here, but we have we it's only Pabu Pabu which means which has absolutely to, nothing. Has to be a location of some sort. So we're probably <laughs> a, 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 per, a location or a person name is all I can guess. And and you yeah. would think, I mean, we're obviously we're obviously going to go back to the batch. This could vary. We have four episodes left, so I'm, I'm saying tomorrow's episode, so 13 or 14, Omega's getting captured, 100. percent Like she's getting captured. Yeah. She's going to Tantus. Yeah, they they tease that. 100 percent gonna happen it, it, sure. it's gonna happen um does it happen tomorrow i don't know but i, I, I we are gonna return to the batch and i think pabu is probably them coming to terms with with sid and and putting that thing to bed you know are because they technically blew her off after the zillow beast mission so yep. do we see Sid rat them out in episode 13 uh or maybe or, or do they try to work with her again uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what Pabu is, is the next mission that could end the, the whole Sid bad batch dynamic. I mean, cause if you think about it, like Sid's in it for the money, like Sid's in it, like you, I am helping you guys. Cause you guys get me money. If you stop getting me money, then I will get money from your whereabouts from somebody else. I'll just sell you the fuck out, get my cash. And yeah, then that, that's, adios, that's what I mean. Like know. they're, they're, they're either, she is going to rat him out and kind of come come through on her threat that you you know you better come back and work with me and shit like that because she yeah, did tell so him like I hey if you don't if you don't get this shit from the Zillow Beast mission don't don't come back essentially yeah and I think that like there's really no other way for a faction to find them right now they've been pretty off the grid they've been pretty good about like not making their presence known to the greater galaxy that like. Oh, there's like rogue clones out there that are like doing missions and stuff. Like the the person who knows their whereabouts the most is Sid. Yeah. So she can really give them away. Yeah. Like so I, really I, I'm I'm liking them. that. I, I think we get this something with Sid resolved tomorrow. Um, the last time we 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 left the batch, they were for the first time they chose to hey we need to let the resistance know about this in in tech and or I mean Echo and Rex. When they learned that, hey, the Empire really did clone the Zillow Beast and they are using it for something. Uh, yeah. So we, we could see that check in. But I, 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 I'm my my speculation meter is definitely pointing towards we get some 
SID dynamic resolution here. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that makes which, which uh, could a lead to sense. Omega getting captured through SID's bullshit. I think 100%. Well, then we'll have one more single episode. Then after that, we'll be the Double Dipper, and I'll be back to one new Star Wars drop a Wednesday. And yes, I am counting them down. I've got three to go. <laughs> three to go, and the last three one is go. a double banger, so I haven't forgot that done. either. <laughs> All right, dude, let's go ahead and start shifting gears to put episode 255 to bed. Which means it's time for the fan segment, everyone's favorite Star Wars Time Show bit. All right, so the way we do the fan segment, we do the question of the week, which you can find on Tuesdays at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Check stories, check the profile grid. All you have to do is let the algo know you're interested and then leave a comment. And uh, I did see we got at least more than two this week. So uh, we snag those, and then we'll read them on the show, and sometimes we'll make fun of them, agree with them, hate them. You never know. That's the risk you take when you play with the Star Wars time show. I am a lyricist, after all. And then we'll do the top five. So let's go ahead and, and shift into the question of the week, which asked fans, what is your favorite or least favorite moment from the Mandalorian S3, E2, or... Bad Batch S2E12. So let me go ahead and get the screens unfucked here. One, two, three. And then the big switch to full screen, which doesn't work. That's right. I didn't do that for that. So, hey, we're learning here, people. Okay, we'll just do it this way. All right. So first up, I'll do the stories, Nick. I'll let you handle the, the comments. <laughs> So we got the doctor in here. Dr. Awesome saw him in the stream earlier. Not sure if they're still here, but their reply, I really enjoyed the random creature robot thing that captured Mando that Bo-Katan had to fight off. Just seemed really fresh and unique. Reminded me of Dead Space a little as well. Very cool overall. Yeah, hey, we, we both nice. too agreed that that, uh, the, the, the son of Grievous, a Dianoga and a human <laughs> eye was definitely interesting as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tan, a, a regular in the story reply or question of the week. Great episodes of both shows. Favorite thing about Mando is Bo-Katan using the Darksaber like a champ to take out that creepy-ass Gollum Grievous thing. <gasps> also, that thing was crazy and awesome. Favorite thing about the Bad Batch was crosshair breaking and shooting down Lieutenant Nolan. That's right. Fuck that guy. I like Turns. that he shot him in the face too. Like that. I know, just like right in the face. Right like in no the fucking shoot him face, in the middle. Dude, no. No, no like chest shot, headshot, baby. Love it. Love it. One more story from Kevin. I think he he popped out. Look at him. He did double duty. Mythosaur was the tits. Least say, least favorite part, Tatooine. I'm over it. So I'm guessing that's Mandalorian. People hate Tatooine. Uh and then that's you. That you started that fan club you're the president of i hate star wars desert planets fan club <laughs> and then uh, his reply on bad batch get to the, <laughs> it's gonna be funny when we get to the D D game <laughs> yeah that's right uh, oh we gotta talk about that a little bit and then uh crosshair wasting that dude was glorious that whole episode was a total banger all right thank you kevin okay nick i think there we go we're into some yes. comments now comments john c gresco says there were continuity errors in Mando, like when Grogu hops from his pram into the ship and then somehow he's in it again on both ship, 
So for that, I don't consider stuff that like probably happens off screen continuity errors. I consider like continuity errors like you see a shot of a back of like a character and then the background and then you go away. And then when you go back again, the background's different. Um, yeah, because it's very easy for him to like jump out of the pram, get on the ship. The pram obviously comes onto the ship with them and then he gets back in it. Right. Um, before you see him. But again. John, C, so I don't consider we, we, we speak your name and, and we hear you. Yeah, no. I, yeah. But uh, there definitely have been continuity errors and stuff like that throughout the different seasons of the Disney Plus. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, fucking jeans guy, coffee cup yeah. and, and Game of Thrones. <laughs> just, I mean, it, it happens. Don't worry. Been a lot. Um, Christopher Weber 33 says both Mando and the batch had excellent episodes last week without diving too deep into the living waters. The standout moments from chapter 18 were all the beautiful shots of the Mandalorian gauntlet fighter, Grogu driving his own hover pram and the scavenging like grievous like crab. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, like he had he, to turn his light he, on and speed up. Yeah. He's like, get up here, like dude. He, You're, you have to lead. What a, what a, pimp. yeah. He's like, he got it figured out. He got it figured out. Um, he says, as for the batch, we finally seem to be getting service towards the larger story with Crosshair's character development and Mayday R.I.P. was an awesome new clone. I love the SWTS and oh, appreciate hey, all the shit. effort y'all put into your content. Thank you. And may the force be hey. with you always. And even did the dot, Thank dot, you, dot. Christopher. I love this guy. This means this person is a true fan. And we now we now need to promote them to an exalted fan. Yes. Thank so, you. Christopher Weber, you are we well on your way to getting your, name. Your, your exalted status within the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> um, Mando Mugshots for our final question of the week response here says, both were great. Glad the Bad Batch had or has improved since running alongside Mando. True statement. However, the Mandalorian is on another level to any other Star Wars content being released at present. It just hits the spot every time in terms of writing Another and true fucking statement. Yeah. Do you think Bo-Katan is starting to believe in the way, or is this part of the bigger plan to uh, regain the Darksaber and become the Mandalore That's, ultimate? I like this guy. That's a good question. I, I do... I, I, we, we talked about it a lot, so we're not going to go into it. Mando, you can always rewind if you just got here to hear your question, but I do think she is believing more now in the you know myths and legends of her people I do not think she is going to subscribe to the children of the watches way. Yeah, uh, no, because she she knows how those uh, ideals got instituted. So the way to her is like not the way; it's the wrong way. And I know. It, so it, I don't think that she'll ever be a wayer. And the follow but, up is, it, I'm guessing Mando mugshots is implying that that Bo is playing like a, a Palpatine long game here. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I I don't see it. But maybe, I mean, yeah, she, she I mean, could be using it all, like like you said, Nick. And this this is how she's gonna kick the fuck out of the children of the watch and just get them off the map. <laughs> just like here yeah. we go. Because the thing is with the dark saber, like at this point, she's got it. Like she, she has it. She just used it. She picked it up off yeah, the ground. I mean, she, she gave we it didn't back see to her. Him. She, he gets it back yeah. when when they're at the campfire. He he takes it. Yeah, like if it was really that important to her, she would have kept it. Well, she would have chopped that motherfucker's head off and right. been like, got I, it. I killed Din. I mean, yeah, technically, yeah. I mean, Din lost the saber, so I, I don't know if she's allowed to pick it up. But even if she still had to defeat Din and she really wanted it, she could have grabbed the saber. 
and stabbed yeah. him in the fucking head and then yeah, walked I mean, out. Technically, so. by Mand- by Mandalorian rule, that eye monster is the n- their new leader because he beat Din yeah, in single combat. More or less, and, and so. he took it from him. So that, that is a, a yeah. good point. That that could be a technicality. What if she's like, yeah. they, they're, they're in the, having some session on this and she's like, hold on, Grogu, pull up the footage. And she shows yeah. it. She's like, look right there. See, you can see it at 10002 that he gains possession of the Darksaber. Therefore, Din Djarin no longer had possession. Yeah. Ergo, by Article 2, Draft 3, I am now the owner of the Darksaber. Eat and, dick. And, and now we're seeing why I keep saying that this whole Darksaber yeah, thing right. is it, ridiculous. It's dumb as shit. So, <laughs> so. Just, uh, dude, it was one of our joined once. Like, I, I, I want the... the uh, even if it doesn't blow up, the lore behind the Darksaber and how it, it, it controls Mandalorian culture needs to be updated. Thank Indeed. You. Thank you. All right. So that's question uh, of the week. Thank you to all of our responders. And this will bring us into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Our favorite segment and some of our fans' favorite segment. To get involved, make sure to tag us in your... Uh, Star Wars posts on Instagram. Add tag at Star Wars Time Show. Add us in the uh, in the post body at Star Wars Time Show. Throw in the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Those three things will get you on Matt's radar. And when you're on Matt's radar, he will feature you throughout the week. And That's then right. at the end of the week, I anoint the top five. Uh, so that's how this segment works. So get involved. Put your posts on there. Get our get our tag on your posts, and then we will see them. Uh, so to kick off this week's top five, this is going to be basically all Mando top five because that's that's what people are doing right now. Mando's back out. Toy photographers are very <laughs> yeah, happy dude, to do Mando like, related yep, posts. Yep. Um, so this one is here's from at collectors dot orbit on the Instagram. Uh, and what we see here is almost like a recreation of the original A New Hope poster <laughs> where you have uh, in the place of Luke, Leia, and then I don't know if if they had, they didn't really have like a third character, but here they've added in Grogu. You have Mando Din Djarin holding up the Darksaber, which he cannot do because he can't lift it above his waist. That's right. Uh, holding it up triumphantly over his head. Bo-Katan is down on one knee at his side. And then baby Grogu is is at his other heel, and, and uh, amongst them lay the bodies of slain stormtroopers. Um, love the use of the atmospheric background as well, and it's just a clean, cool-looking shot. I'm fucking off here, Nick, so I'm glad you were paying attention. I'm trying to get the screen to actually <laughs> show up the right way. But no, I, I felt the same way when I saw this. And, and when I do look at this, I'm not going to lie, I'm a creep. I definitely could see Bo-Katan and Din getting it on with their helmets on. Like I want to, I want to see with their that. helmets on. Yes. You, you, one yeah. of you, one of you creepy porn companies make, make a Mandalorian porn oh with, with Din and Bo. I guarantee you that it's already somewhere you out think, there. What is it? So? Rule 360, <laughs> rule 434, whatever it is on the internet. If there, if it exists, there is porn of it for sure. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> but, but I, you I like your call. Wastelands. You are right. Like it, it does kind of, uh, pays homage to the uh, original new hope poster where, Luke has his sister Leia sexily spread across <laughs> his leg. A, across his legs, like you know she's in love with him. But yeah, 
it works better yeah. with 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 Bo and Din because we at least with know non relatives. We, we know they're not related yet. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow that that Din is actually her long lost brother. Uh, Din, yeah. he is oh, Din God. Din Kreez. Oh no! Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> That'll just that that will feed right back into all the Star Wars incestuousness that there kicked it off. So they are the new Skywalkers. So indeed, but yeah, good, um, great stuff from at collectors.orbit on Instagram. Beautiful. Next up, we have at Killcutter Photo, one of our favorites recently, and he's got another awesome Mando shot. And what Mando, uh, what Din uh, is doing here is really wrecking through some dark troopers, like we were talking about earlier, Phase Three dark troopers. Uh, with Grogu again at his heel, throwing around his force abilities, you see that uh, he's he's severed the hand of one of the dark troopers with the dark saber behind him, and then he's put that uh, that what was it that Beskar steel uh, javelin through one of them, and then he's setting another one on fire. So unlike what Din actually does in the show, he's <laughs> yeah. actually kicking ass in this shot. Yeah, you're so. right. Like we love we love kill cutter <laughs> photo, but th- this is this is like. We're, we're trying to make Din look like Bo-Katan essentially in this shot. Yeah, we're, we're, this is like, <laughs> this is what this is, is like, a, it's a dream that Din had. <laughs> Din's like, I'm going to be this fucking cool where I can kill everybody by myself. And then in reality, he's like, I really need somebody to help me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless the guy is just in a straight up gunfight, he does seem to to struggle a bit. Like, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna take away his gunplay. Like, he, he can definitely shoot. He took out those pirates pretty quick yeah. in episode he, one. He can definitely like, boom, boom, boom. shoot with the best of them, but anything else, things get a little hairy it's, for Din when he's by himself. <laughs> struggle, he struggles. He's a like, yeah, this so. is. That's a, yeah. We'll get Kill Cutter to, to recaption this. Din dreams of becoming Bo Katan, something like yeah. that. Purely aspirational. Actually, this is um, what's in Din's head right now as he's knocked out once again and Bo is saving him. Like, this is, what's he's in his head like, I'm a fucking badass. Look at me doing this shit. And then he's going to wake up and be like, fuck, it, it's just another dream. Just another yeah, dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, good stuff there, Kill Cutter Photo. We love you. Um, next up, I mean, this is just a fantastic scene recreation from at South P24. I mean, a scene recreation from episode two. So he put this together quickly. Um, So what we see is the scene where R4 comes out and says, or R5 comes out and says, uh, hey, there's no poison in the atmosphere here, dummy. Like, you can breathe. How great is Um, R5, though, by the way? Like, I mean, even (laughs) even some of the lines Pelly was throwing at him. I mean, she's like, hey, you want me to send you back to the rebel lines or stuff like that? It was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, yeah, he's not. He's not the most brave. I yeah. I also love how like when she introduces it's like, oh, this is the best or whatever yeah. hits him and then it immediately starts to spark and right, fall yeah. apart. Parts like, start falling out. Uh, yeah. And no, he I is mean, a little scaredy it, cat. It is funny. Like he looks back like, yeah. do I have to do this then? And he's like, Yeah, get the fuck in there. I just told you to go do it. But I mean, like this shot in itself is a fantastic recreation. You you see like the the rocky craggy background that you saw on Mandalore. You have Din there and his full get up. You have a, a, a fantastic representation of the graph that R5 pulls up. And then obviously uh, Grogu there in his pram also peeking over uh, to the oxygen levels or not in the pram. I think he's, in, he's still in the ship at this yeah, point. Yeah, kind of yeah. Peeking over, yeah. looking at the oxygen levels like, oh, I can breathe. Yeah. So uh, beautiful scene recreation from South P24. Yeah. You know what I Next. what I am a big fan of real quick here? 
Nick, that is yeah. a fully customized 112 Din Djarin from South Bay oh, 24. Wow. And if you look, it's it's essentially a a 112 scale hot toy. I mean, it's, it's yeah. look, you can see the soft goods. I mean, it is absolutely yeah, the soft good South P creates some of the most high end looking 112 customs on the planet. That's all you need to know. Oh. South P 24. Check them out. All right. Who's somebody the- needs to apply for a job at one of these, uh, these toy makers. There you go. South P. There you go. They could use you. Uh, our next up in, in the top five is at clone trooper creations. And with another, very good scene recreation, but this time with the Lego oh, minifigs. Yeah. So we see uh, the scene where where Din and Grogu and his pram enter the castle of Bo-Katan on Kevalara or whatever the hell it was, Kalavarda. Kalavala. I, uh, I, I just like how yeah, Kalavala. Pe- Pedro says like Kalavala. Yeah. And uh, so you see the close-up scene where they're walking in. You see the columns in the background. I just thought it was like a very clean uh, well-executed shot, especially to include like the interior design of yeah. of Bo's castle. Um, yeah, it was great. Well lot, lots of good Lego shots coming out recently. I mean, Brick. I, I know you saw Brick Panda is back on a Star Wars swing, so that's been. I almost I almost featured him again. That, I had to hold myself. Yeah, back. it is tough. I mean that that person is a fucking all star with Lego photography. Uh, but a lot, a lot of great Lego people out there, and and I do dig it. Uh, the algo doesn't dig it, but we dig it, and that's all that matters. We dig it. All right, we dig it. Clung Trooper Creations, we dig. It. There's this guy, it's Sir Dork. Uh, and then, yes, indeed, to close it out, uh, at Sir Dork on Instagram, Sir Dork. So if you haven't followed his new page after his last page was stolen from him. Uh, make sure to go follow him again because he's putting out quality of work like this. So what we see here is a is a Mando in real life shot, which is some of our favorites. We see uh, Din uh, basically roasting a, a Mandalorian ego waffle. So you see he's like <laughs> almost like skeet shooting. Uh, you yeah. have little Grogu holding right. the the egos are his clay pigeons. Yeah, so like. Uh, Grogu's like tossing the waffles into the Pull. air with the force and then Din's shooting them out of the air. Um, in, in, in true Sir Dork fashion, it would not be a Sir Dork shot if there was no fire. Right. So of course. Yeah, this motherfucker the, lit his egos on fire for the hobby. Yeah, like, it, like if it can be lit, lit he's going to light it. I'm surprised he didn't like pour a little gasoline on his kitchen table just to, <laughs> to really sell the, uh, the, the, the disintegration the of the egos. But no, yes. Dirk, so, Dork's been on some function. great toys in real life uh, sessions lately. I, I I can't remember if they're all from his archives because he's been, you know, kind of releasing some of the greatest hits while sprinkling in some new because those motherfuckers stole his account. Fuck you, Meta. Shithead. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Douche. Uh, but yeah, fantastic stuff. I mean, uh, Jared's our boy. You know, he's he's team SWTS. He's a part of the, the SWTS DND experiment, if we ever get that thing fucking going. Which, yeah, I mean, we have. So, you know, before we close it out, an update for those interested. I think we will be playing our, our session zero, which I mentioned last time I was on the show. This is going to be like a we're going to record the session. We may not release it immediately, but that seems to be scheduled for this Friday. 
That's right. March 17th. So it's going to be myself, the dork, Jared, and our boy, One Six Shooter, last week's co-host. Yes. Uh, we just need everyone that is listening to make sure you're up to date in your Discord, Trevor, if you can hear us. Yeah, I think yeah. Nick, Nick really know, needs Trevor, you. If you've- Nick needs you to reply to him about your character build because apparently you fucked it up. So, <laughs> so you, I just want to make sure that before we start the game on Friday, reallocate your ability points. Yeah. I will say that. But I think that, I think he saw it. I got I saw a thumbs up, but I did not. Uh, uh, I did not know if he if he actually went in and and did a reallocation of his skill points. So, um, but it, once that's done, we are ready to go. The story is written for session one. I have some fun things in in store for our players to just get them not Ooh. only acquainted with uh, the the Star Wars world that they will be playing in, but also acquainted with themselves and their characters. So. Um, that will be happening. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, we're, we're doing a Friday, so, uh, I may end up drinking halfway through it, depending on how long it lasts, but Friday is usually my go day. It's a, you're allowed <laughs> to have beer again after a few days off, you piece of shit day <laughs> type of thing. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'm, uh, I'm excited for this to see where it goes. I, I've built a very shitty template to use to stream with. I mean, it looks as basic as anything we've ever produced. So we're sticking to the mantra of the show. Uh, the less produced, the better. It's kind of how we roll. Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to that. So that'll be S0. And then uh, if if we don't piss Nick off enough, once we get through that, we'll we'll be hosting our first session live right. down the road. I'm starting to think. This- I already, I haven't written it yet, but I already have a uh, a plan in place and a story in mind for All the right. official. All right session one and we will we will do more than likely do that live and the way i'm that thinking will, yeah. the way schedules are could be a chance it's 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 mid-april or, or after the mando run but who knows but I, I would think in april at some point we'll probably have the first real session yeah i would say so. all right well that does it we um again you guys you guys got some free free minutes out of us so i'm gonna go beat myself for for missing the window but we got close we got close. close. We got We're close. close. We did. We did good. But we it is. Good. It is time to go. It's seven thirty for my old ass. I need to get some dinner and and start helping wind down little kids. But it's been real, my friends. We always enjoy when you come join us for a live session of the SWTS. These days, we're going to be doing that five p east on YouTube with the recorded version going out on Wednesdays to podcast platforms, just like we used to. Uh, but keep it up. We need that feedback. I love feedback, even if it's even if it's bad. Did you like the new the new uh, format today with the bigger screenshots, shit like that? Why do you like the show? Send us an email. We 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 got email addresses out there. Leave comments. I, I'm I'm very interested in what people have to say and think about this show, and not just the the superlative stuff, the 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 true fandom stuff. Like, oh, you guys are fucking cool. Hey, we know we're cool. That's why we do it. But how can we get cooler? You know what I mean? We want to be the coolest kids in school. So best way to stay in touch with the Star Wars Time show in between live streams is StarWarsTime.net. Don't you forget it. StarWarsTime.net. We've got all our links to all the platforms you would ever need to know to be in the know with the Star Wars Time show. If anything else, I think I've got myself a career in writing jingles after Mm -hmm. we finish this podcast. All right, people, it's been real. There's always time for Star Wars time. Don't forget tomorrow, 
YouTube.com at Star Wars Time Show. Looking for those breakdowns, looking for those Easter eggs, references, vids, the reviews. They'll be out there. I understand you're not going to want to watch them early in the morning. I just got to get them off my shoulders. But they'll be there for you, I promise. By the time you watch Mando S3E3 and the BB S2E13. All right. There truly is always time for Star Wars time, my friends. We will see you next Tuesday. And don't you forget that if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force, that one, the midichlorian one, will be with you always. Always.